This week on the program, get ready to nosh on thy neighbor because we're talking Soylent Green. I'm Andrew Jupin. Delicious soy boy, Steven Sadek. <laughs> Eric Soiska. Chris Gabin is people. I disagree. <laughs> and we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in, as always. That's right. This week, we're going back to the early 70s. We're talking about 1973's Soylent Green, directed by Richard Fleischer. You know him. Directing shit like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea with James Mason and Kirk Douglas. Red Sonia with Arnold and Brigitte. Mandingo, of course. Everybody's Uh, favorite. Amityville 3D. Mr. Majestic. Tons of shit. Huge career. He's a little rich boy, though. He's like a little Destry Spielberg kind of, you know? He's got the Max Fleischer name trading in. Yeah, trade, trade it uh, in. Uh, hand up here. Who's Max Fleischer? Oh, come oh. on. Uh, Max Holy Fleischer shit. is a pioneer of animation uh, who did those amazing Superman cartoons. Are amazing, but unco- uncomfortably racist at parts. Superman Ooh. cartoons. Oh, amazing uh, in name, you mean? Yes. No, oh, no, okay. the, the, Chris, well, the animation itself is amazing. Uh, oh, okay. I, I didn't know either. Uh, and okay. do you know what his studio created? Do you know who um, uh, uh, our, our friend Fleischer here was born into? Ku Klux Klan. The Order of the Boop, even worse, because they they created Betty Boop, the Fleischer Studio. They created Betty Boop? They did. Wait, she's not a real lady? We grew her in a lab, see? (laughs) And we killed several Betty Boops. Uh, You know, the design made up over years, so we had to kill several women to get it correct, you see. People, listen, people were jacking off the cartoons before we got there. We just made it more fun. Several hundred big-headed ladies had to die by the sword uh, before we could get it correct. Mm-hmm. Then one was just right. Mm-hmm. The, the stroke, strokeitude was off the mag- magnitude? Yes, ah, yes, we're going to be dining out on this for decades, son. People are jerking off to our cartoons. Yeah, our Superman, name. forget Superman. That's the past. The future is jerking off to cartoons. It's going to be the, all the rage. Oh, yeah. You just wait, Bethany Bupowski. They're going to love you. <laughs> Someday I'm going to direct Conan the Destroyer, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it'll be all. It, it, you'll do it. You'll trade off my name, a jerk off cartoons. Oh, you're going to work for the other terrible animation studio. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> 20,000 League on the Sea was made up by Walt Disney. Uh, of course. <laughs> it would be fucking awesome if, like, uh, <laughs> if fucking uh, Fleischer Sr. like walks in one day and finds like Richard like jerking off to some like spank magazine. And he's just like, <laughs> in this house, we only jerk off to animated girls, <laughs> cartoons only. I don't see any artist's name on this photograph, do you, son? Do you see a little name here for the person who draw this buxom lady? That's what's happened now. I think most of the country, uh, the United States, uh, exclusively jerks off to animation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah it's, it's, it's true. You'll never guess what Chris Griffin and <laughs> oh, Lois <God>. Griffin... <laughs> 
I don't want up can, to. Can I not guess? Can I just not even know what they're gonna, happened? They're going to fuck each other. I know they and are. And they're related. <laughs> you That's can, so cool. Steve, it you is. can opt out of that, but then you got to find out what Bart's doing to March. I, I and know, then you, it's, it's, it's not going to be see, good either way. Lois comes in the room and Chris... Has uh, that's the character's name, Chris Griffin. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, has diarrhea, <laughs> and then she eats it. No, stop it. So, speaking of eating things, you shouldn't soil it green. That's right. <laughs> yeah, oh, there we my go. Lord. Now, to, this movie, to move this conversation away from fucking there, Eric Siska's two girls, there, one cup. There's no soil in brown. It's true. <laughs> so he's lucky in that. Here's a question. And I mean, like, sure. Spoiler alert. Spo- soil green is people. I don't know That's if you correct. know that. Ladies yeah. and I would be curious. I'm actually yeah. legitimately curious. Get at us on Twitter at WHM podcast. Let us know if you knew the twist of this movie by pop culture osmosis or this, not. It's like uh, Charlton Heston, like, Trading, you know, after Planet of the Apes, looking for another twist movie. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it works. It's good. I like this meat and potatoes sci-fi. I kind of enjoyed watching this the other night. It's not bad. I actually kind oh, of yeah. think I think Fleischer is a good director for the most part. I think he knows how to keep things tight. Uh, a, a little bit of the uh, buildup on this one's a little slow. I'll give him yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, and I, but, I wish we had more of the the city because it's just backlot yeah. bullshit. I assume that's money. I assume that yes. you just couldn't give as much structure to this as you would want to. But like Heston, I mean, the Omega Man is the other one I think of when I think of his sci-fi movies yep. where he was the leader, where I was like, I, I like him. I think he's fine. But man, I just miss the Vincent Price days where he was the lead. You mm. could get away with Vincent Price being your leading man yeah. in these types of movies. La- Last Man on Earth, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Which is, yep. uh, the, that's the original of the Omega Man? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. 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 Uh, by the Richard Matheson or uh, whatever wrote it, I think. Which is a it's a or great... was it based on a book that he wrote? Yes, a story. Yeah. Or we a did book, a commentary yeah. on that in Philadelphia a thousand years ago. Oh, that's right, fucking WHM baby days, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that was. Were you um, at our 2011 shows? <laughs> uh, I learned about that. I, this was spoiled for me by that very not good but still kind of funny Saturday Night Live sketch. Does anyone else remember that? I was trying no. to remember where I learned it, and maybe it's. It's this, so lay it on me. Let's see if I remember. You like, you like the juice? No, no it I, one? I, it's like in the same <laughs> era, though. It's like the end of the Hartman era. Uh-huh. And like it's and it's something, something. The producer of Soylent Green is in a retrospective TV show talking about how this became a franchise. And like <laughs> every every movie had the twist that it was people. And like it was like Soylent. And, 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 you know, it, and it's a, and it's. Hartman, who's got a killer Heston, so he keeps going out there. Show that greatest people, and he keeps doing that. And the one that gets me that I still think about to this day is there's. I think it's Will Green too, and he's like. So the greatest still people. They didn't change the recipe like they said they were going to. It's still people. I feel like I do remember this bit, and it's quite possibly where I learned the twist of this movie from. Because the other thing I was thinking, because you know who else has done Heston impressions here and there, I believe, is Jim Carrey. And I was trying to remember, Mm, like, was there some Jim Carrey movie where he made a oh. reference to it? Like, is it in the Cable Guy or in, something? In Living Color, you might have gotten one yeah. going on in there. Okay, I, I feel like I got it in the worst way possible. I'm pretty sure I got this from a Mad TV sketch. <laughs> oh, no, oh, come yikes. on! Pretty sure. Oh man, like, Chris Cabin stars at bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah, I was really looking up. I was like, Sasso was probably doing something that I thought was just so charming, and then <laughs> that just got in my head right there. <laughs> 
man you know i haven't watched mad tv in forever i, I feel like it it's probably better than i remember well, and, or or way worse one or the other no i mean but I, I, this is the second time i saw it this movie does hold up it's very prescient obviously super which we'll get into like all the prescience of it it takes is, place in this year 2022 that's when what our year is right Yes. That is yeah. That, <laughs> that is, is, that is why we're doing it. Unfortunately, No Escape 1994 is not on streaming. <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm not sure if the employment numbers are half. Have, <laughs> are, are, are half half employment. I don't think there are currently 44 million people living <laughs> in New York City either. That is to me. I mean, one of the craziest details of this movie is every time. Heston is like in a building, mainly like his apartment building, and you are seeing people that just literally sleep on staircases. Yes, yes. I love the staircase Ooh. people. Well, it is ridiculous. But I think we're trying to go to like we're doing dread here in a way, like they're mega cities, because yep. I believe at one point they say that his police jurisdiction ends at Philadelphia. Well, the so oh. Jersey is part of New York, maybe. That sounds correct. I mean, uh, I that's the other thing. Like again, like we were it's talking about defined. earlier, we don't get enough of what we would want to see here of what's actually yes. like how this is broken down, what has happened here. But the problem, the problem with that though, is like I, I think it's the fact that this movie was made in the early seventies. I don't think it's a problem actually. I actually like the sparse detail. But like if this were like remade or made for the first time today. You'd be getting the whole backstory mm -hmm. of what went yeah. wrong. Humongous oh, scroll. Yes, totally. Oh, this would only work as a TV series now. Yes. You would have to get like three, you would get a half a season before the the, the thing happened. It's 97 right. minutes, which makes it, and especially for a 70s movie, which can get a little bit, you know, languid. Uh, it does really move for that. But I do, there's a couple of details I'm missing at the end of the movie that I kind of want, which we'll, you know, well, hit on as we get through. The crammed in this in the uh, like houses thing where like every house is just there's people all over the floor, all over the stairs. That is sp some specifically from the book, which I read in college, which really? is all, which is all about. It's called Make Room, Make Room. Uh, and it's a it's all about like overpopulation, essentially. Yeah, uh, right. and, I read that the author had an issue with this film, but ended up saying he liked 50 percent of it or something. I, I've, I I don't know the guy at all. I just, this was one of those books that I was handed in college. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, and then I actually, I, I watched this movie because of that. But like that is, those are details I really love about this movie. Yeah. Like that image of him just having to like step over all these kids. And oh yeah. It's like every staircase, including like an outdoor one towards the end of the film. And I think that's a very interesting notion. Like it's a, it's kind of like a little bit of step, isn't here's, it? Here's a question is what's the etiquette for if you're sleeping and someone's stepping on you, like. But they live in the building. Do you just not really cause a fuss unless they step on your balls? Like if you, because you're gonna clip a little bit of an arm, some I would arm give, fat for sure. I oh, would yeah. give everyone a problem who stepped on me, but I would be going down those stairs with reckless abandon. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does get shit from one guy at one point, like towards the end of the movie. He's running or trying to run down one of the stairs, and some guys like, "Hey, why did you step on me?" Man? <laughs> but that's like the one guy you know he's stepping on people left and right. I, I think you just get used to he's, it, dude. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's not even doing, excuse me, sorry, pardon me, ma'am. <laughs> it's a risk of being a stair person. And you know that when you sign up, you're just going to get like a giant callus over your belly from all those footsteps. <laughs> oh, yeah. You you live in the world. You know what's up. And detective jerk isn't going to mind anything. <laughs> oh, my he's God. going to get you. And the thing is, the one thing I don't, I, I, it just is not believable to me. 
if I was in this situation, I would be going straight to the fucking suicide machine. Oh my oh, god! Of course. Before yes. I get, uh, before I put a pillow down on the fourth step, I I'm, would yeah. I would I would have a dollar bill taped to the fucking wall of that place, like two salad Johnny, <laughs> keep on killing. I would be the fucking first customer at the suicide. It place. Almost feels like it, we take till the end of the movie to get to the suicide facility, and that almost feels like the twist. Wait, there was an exit the whole. Time? <laughs> yeah, yeah fools. totally. You fools. It's, it's kind of why, because there's one point in the movie where they're like, oh, like we get, you know, the marketplace is, uh, you know, flush with uh, uh, Soylent Green on Tuesdays. And like, there's a moment where, like, you know, there's one scene where they run out of Soylent Green. Soylent Green is like the favorite of all the Soylent products. It's like the one that flies off the shelves the fastest. And there's a crazy freak out. Like this old lady's like, they fucking only gave me this amount. And then like a huge like riot happens when some dude's like, we're all out of Soylent Green. And the whole time, all I could think about was like, it's it's insane to me that this movie, like the world of this movie does not have like an excess of Soylent Green because everybody should be running to this facility to be murdered. Yes. Right. Every <laughs> last run of it. Also, the population's so big that you'd think there'd be good, nice turnover and deaths. But, but, I, I, but this does seem like, is this what Eric Adams wants? Like to make, get all the homeless off the street and just get them into like vestibules and fucking staircases. Is no, get them into fucking meat grinders at the factory and make them into that's what he wants. But, green. but okay, maybe he does. But that's something I have a problem with. This movie is it's not a meat grinder. It's a liquid bath of something. And you I would yeah, prefer you a meat grinder. I want an outright meat. I want a Simpson esque meat grinder. <laughs> I want them to throw them down into the blender. Well, yeah. that's the thing too. You don't see. You don't understand. And I mean, like it's fine because again, like I, I mean, like because I mean, like most of this movie is just like sort of detective work. And obviously, when you know the twist, sorry, sorry, folks, but it's everybody knows the twist. When you know the twist, it's kind of like you know, it's it's not it's not plotting, but it's like you know, it, it's a lot of that stuff. Like there's only a little bit of time with the knowing that it's actually people. We really keep that to the end. And you don't know whether is it is it just suicide machine people going in here or is it like I was reading on Wikipedia when I reread re the scenario this morning on Wikipedia it was like oh anyone who dies and the imprisoned and I'm like so wait because that's different because honestly I, like if, I think if, it's everyone that dies I think anyone that dies because the um then guess what it is not even in the top ten of this society's problems it's not, it really <laughs> it really isn't it's like if it's just people dying of natural causes and suicide machines and they're just turning them into food to keep people going totally fine I say that because Joseph Cotton when he gets got in this movie yes he mentions to the bodyguard and the furniture girl we'll get to um, uh. that he's going to be going to a waste disposal facility. oh got it so well, that to me that reads soylent and then it's also great that there's no funerals anymore and we're very detached from the whole ritual well, of death but then i i have are you taking like if it's a murder victim are you taking the bullet out before you turn it into mm, soylent that's you, are, you don't want to like take out buckshot from are, are, your soylent pad oh there's what? a bunch of fucking shotgun uh <laughs> waste in my fucking in my little cracker this week Dude, the book fucking takes place in 1999 you're telling me i'm i'm gonna be eating up so many fucking mercury fillings mm -hmm. just so many and i read that the book has it, it's soylent steaks so it's even more yeah. visceral what oh, eating no, human no, flesh it, I, i'm sorry i read also it's it, it's not even in the cannibalism was made up for the movie the, oh the, really the book was just about overpopulation yes apparently. wow oh interesting so, yeah because so, it's 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 soybeans and lentils together right. is but, the... 
But the thing that doesn't make the, it doesn't make it's like you, when we see this uh, the scene where the lady comes out is like I didn't get enough of my 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 soylent green here. Yeah, th- th- we see like it's a it's like this whole market and like there's soylent bread. Yes, and there's like soylent buns and right, I, and then there's just these cubes of soylent and I'm like what exactly is like oh my god it's <laughs> gluten free <laughs> it's just seed crackers i guess i will know <laughs> i will take a soylent baconator please <laughs> well it's also a weird thing where there's different color things yeah, like there's so definitely red, red you see like yellow red. green and green is supposed to be the miracle food that's made out of ocean plankton yeah, but it's just kind of funny to me because I'm like, if you eat a Soylent Red chip, is that just like the same thing as a Soylent Green chip, but like barbecue flavor? <laughs> I think and green then yellow is... is like horseradish cheddar. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Well, uh, to... Give me the yellow, boys. I'll yeah, take some variety. <laughs> take a big bag of those. My reading on it is it's just green. That's why everyone protests when it's out. Like that's the good shit. That's yes. the shit that that has protein in it. I guess. Yeah, it's uh, just like shredded plastic is like soylent <laughs> red. It's just that's it with salt. That's just it. direct microplastics. Take out the middleman. We're eating them already. Please. Wait a second. You're eating soylent red, dude? Those are just fucking coasters. <laughs> you can only get that stuff at Dollar Tree. Damn. Yeah. It's made out of poker chips and shit. <laughs> Do you think in this society they would uh, make uh, four loco with the with the caffeine in it legal again? Because oh, definitely. Then that, all right now the the sea sauce tipping the other way a little bit. Maybe I don't want to go. What's, oh, what's really? A- wow, you yeah. you would if four loco went back to original formula, <laughs> you're suddenly not suicidal. Not not quite as much. Well, I'd be I'd be out of my mind drunk, and I'd probably kill myself <laughs> anyway in another way. <laughs> Once we're, we're we're feasting on soggy human people all day, <laughs> soggy. Like, God damn it! Uh, once that's happening, you know what? I say legalize it all. If, mm, if, absolutely. Like, get like fentanyl lollipops you can buy at a bodega. <laughs> that shit is what you should just go all out at that point. <laughs> You know what's funny is like if they did create like fentanyl lollipops, bodegas would find something like sub fentanyl lollipop that was somehow even more dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you would you would get synthanol or yep. so, yeah, yeah, something like yep. that, and then you would die immediately. So I love how this movie to give you it to sort of like catch you up to speed on like the events of the entire 20th uh-huh. century this movie starts out like the intro to cheers it really does right I they're fucking showing love it so much all the shots of like human progression i guess industrialization into the yes. point we are at now it reminded yep. me a little bit of the road warrior uh intro obviously oh, that's yeah. built upon uh-huh. a, this and much better but yeah i can totally see that but yeah it's just like progress of the 20th century and how we fucked ourselves for now sometimes you wanna go where everyone's trying to eat your face <laughs> boom, boom, boom. and they'll eat up your guts too hey uh, how's it going mr peterson good woody uh, give me another bowl of, of coach <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh that's what happened to poor coach they made him into chili <laughs> Wow, this Coach Jelly's pretty good. I'm going to take some home to Vera. I, I have a pint of the single guy. A, a, a nice, a heady pint. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, whatever. We meet um, 
has to Detective Thorne. Oh my God, I don't have a first name. I love his outfit for this detective in 2022 NYPD. He's got like a safari jacket and like a bandana just around his neck, Peter Bogdanovich style. And I guess because it's supposed to be it's also this movie talking about climate change yes, and how yeah. it's like insanely hot all the time. They say yeah, even greenhouse gases, which is really pretty yeah. progressive at the time. So he looks really silly and stupid for New York, <laughs> but like I get it why they're doing it. But I just wish I saw more of this fictional New York we're, we're depicting. I, I, I just his... kind of like the fashion, honestly. You, it's like you, you're half... the neckerchiefs. I am. I, I actually like them, yeah. specifically with a neck like Heston's. Mm. I can really, you can really play with it there. I mean, he's halfway between. <laughs> play I, with my neck. <laughs> I wish Get I had a good a neck. neck. Shift. <laughs> I would kill for a good neck like that. But here's the thing, though. Okay, neckerchiefs and safari jackets aside, what is with this Civil War soldier hat he's wearing the whole movie? <laughs> I just, you know, it shows that I'm a. I guess it's a, that's what maybe cops are wearing. I'm unclear on it as well. Who the maybe hell the knows? Keystone cops? <laughs> is, this movie... Aren't the cops the only people out there though? Like it's yes. barren streets. Mm-hmm. It's just so cheap. I think well, the movie's it... just so cheap. We have no. Yeah. We can't do anything for. We can't do any like real design on these costumes. Like later when we see riot police, it's literally a football helmet. That's, I that's, love it. Oh, that let I me down it. big time. Where it's like, are you <laughs> riot duty? Here's a fucking 1973 fucking uh, Patriots helmet painted silver. <laughs> well, look. Okay, first of all, clearly all professional sports have been dissolved. You got to do something with that equipment. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Just get the hockey masks. Just get all of them hockey yep. masks at that point. Yeah, do it that way. It's uh, Jason's not quite here yet, but he's mm, also got true. a hipster. I mean, Hepston kind of has a hipster vibe with this he whole does, thing. Yeah. And he's hipster living, cop. He's living with Saul, who's uh, uh, Edward G. Robinson, the great Edward Fuck G. Robinson, yeah. his last role. Hell who yeah. is this older guy that tells them all about how it used to be, and then it's weird how every time he does that, uh, has to like, okay, boomer. <laughs> so, we we used to have grass on the field. See, <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> he was according to like the math, he would be born in 1980, and he'd be 41 years old. So, oh, Heston, yeah. So he he's he's almost a contemporary of ours. We yes. learned that Joseph Cotton's character was born in 1954, which is kind of funny. Wow. <laughs> and uh, yes, I spend 400 Ds on a cup of coffee. That's what I do. That's right. I'll never be able to buy my own house and have people <laughs> sleep on the stairs. Wow, well, you wouldn't believe it. Last night, Saul, I came upon an advertisement for margarine that we can jerk off to together. <laughs> <laughs> just scattered on the sidewalk. I just found it. You see that? That's the that's the mother giving the toast to the young son right there. The, the cleavage there. It's, oh, we can have a time of it, Saul. That, that's a pretty mother there, see? I'm going to start <laughs> whacking it, see? <laughs> He's not talking like that. No, he no I know. Edward G. Robinson's Got, kind of got a, a, a what do you call it there an Alan Bilbo Ginsburg. Baggins thing. I was going to say Alan Ginsberg <laughs> a little bit. Oh, I can see that. You oh, need yeah. a you need a way bigger beard though. Yeah, the beard's pretty good though. The beard's pretty nice. By the way, Steve, I don't think I, I'd ever seen him with facial hair. Steve, I think you mentioned the D's. I love that. It's yes. like it's the future. So we instead of dollars to save, even though everything in the movie is pretty slow, we're going to save <laughs> D's to move it along. <laughs> well, they couldn't have known about NFTs and Bitcoin. I mean, it was just <laughs> yeah, too early on. You could, your, your imagination can only go so far. And I think the 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 uh, the look he's going for here it's somewhere between Mad Max and John Wayne and uh, John Wayne and Hot Hatari. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, yes, it's got Ooh. a Wayney feel. Yeah, 
the costuming in Hatari, I, my mind definitely just jumped to it. I can see that. And actually, the hat would make more sense yeah. in Hatari, I think. Yeah, are I think they, so. Are they roommates because they're friends or is this a work scenario? Like you have to have this dude live in your house if you're a detective. Like he's. Oh, he, he was like a police. He calls himself a police book at yes. one point. Uh, Edward G. Robinson. So and I the, guess he works some way with they, the department and, or used to. And the cat, no, the captain's like, we are going to replace him at some point. And, uh, you know, and what and Tessa's like, you can't yeah. do that. He's not ready for that. So it's kind of like a, I don't know. You get well, a research a weird... assistant. You get a research assistant when you're a cop in this <laughs> world, in. I guess. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> well, I guess it's a thing where it's like, you know, they kind of double team a case. Like Heston's out, yeah. like working the streets and like Edward G. Robinson's doing like research or something. But it is a weird thing where like in this society, <laughs> the you state have... issues you an old man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a weird like that you are issued uh people in yes. in in various ways that's like i feel true. like he's like assigned to just like work with heston and that's their you know living situations are terrible so like you, you make these two people live together then the really uncomfortable shit about like you know women in this apartment building who are just like assigned to a unit and like the dude moves in and can decide like whether or not he wants you as this like weird, uncomfortable concubine kind of thing. It's bizarre. Or you get like tossed to the next person. And yeah, we're the, the, calling them furniture. Literally and furniture. <laughs> saying it to her face and she's cool with it. Her name's Cheryl. She's yeah. kind of like a couch. That's what that's a couch. That's an ottoman. That one over there's a chair, I'm pretty yeah. sure. That's a 24-year-old girl. <laughs> that one next to the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Got Never place. seen furniture sit on furniture before. <laughs> Get off yourself. <laughs> I'm going to change your cushions. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash W-H-M. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners 
years to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. But yeah, so yeah, you're right. I think that Robinson is, lives is that function for him and his kind of dilapidated, although really cool apartment. I kind of like this apartment with the you saggy do? bookshelf. This, yeah, this you know what it looks like. Shit? Yeah, you know what? It, here's what it is. You know, what it looks exactly like uh, Chris Cabin used to live in one. I had some friends that also lived in one down the street from where Chris Cabin lived in one. It looks like a converted, like an illegally converted Williamsburg loft. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. we built a staircase up to a fake bedroom. It's just a bunch of plywood on there. Like, it's, and like, there's a bunch of books, but there's no like bookshelf. We're just stacking books. Like, very illegally converted Brooklyn loft. Ah, uh, let's listen to the music of my youth, The Strokes. <laughs> Quiet down, Saul. I'm putting on LCD sound system. The Strokes New York City Cops is quite offensive. <laughs> and now, man, I'm losing that Heston, but it's okay. <laughs> Come on, Saul. We have to go to the farewell show for La Savi Farm. <laughs> <laughs> I had the biggest crush on the pipettes, I remember. <laughs> oh, my God. I once jerked off to a picture of Karen O. <laughs> L. Tigre. Hey, hey, my Metro card. Oh, oh my God, my old moldy peaches t shirt. <laughs> I saw Juno in the theater. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, the, funny, the funny thing is, though, like, I do, and watching this movie, especially last night again, it is very prescient. Obviously, uh, it's not happening in 2022. But I do feel like I'm going to be Edward G. Robinson one of these days, right? Like, it's not oh, out of the realm yeah. of the possibility that I'm going to die in a dilapidated fucking yep. hole because society has gone to shit. You'll definitely be owned by the police department at some point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah 100% on that one. <laughs> yeah, you'll be uh, hired to be some detective's research boy. <laughs> I do love and it's not does not given enough places. Like, you know, we're just kind of learning about the world and Heston has to go out. He only goes out at night, I guess, which is. I think, uh, but uh, what do you call it there? Edward G. Robinson has to pedal to make the electricity Dude, work. This contraption that he's on is quite something. Like they're sitting there and like, you know, talking about uh, like Heston's work in one case and Edward G. Robinson's like trying to convince him there's like a bunch of other stuff that they should be looking at. And they're kind of a discussion about it. And then like the light bulb starts flickering in the apartment. It's oh my God. Well, <laughs> guess what? I have to go out and do my rounds. So you fucking 80 year old man, get on this exercise bike and you fucking light this apartment up. Start exercising. I want to listen to the radio tonight, Saul. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I still have you have to charge my MP3 player. <laughs> <laughs> the first song I put on it was the theme song to the Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> I got myself a gun, Sal. I got myself a gun. Got several of them, Sal, up in my basement. Uh, he does fucking order Edward G. Robinson at one point. It's kind of great. He's like, have some soylent green and calm down. It's just like, okay, so is it like, I don't know, like CBD treats or something? I do think, I mean, because he's not eating. And I do think what's actually really nice about this movie is their relationship's very sweet and it's not actually yes. and it's it's like very fatherly you know but it's, there's no there's no i don't know like in other worlds you would you would be like nervous about this kind of like what's this arrangement like no they're just really good friends and it's really it's very nice and also like energy robinson died like 10 days after he filmed his dead that scene so like yeah this is a really like kind of a weird movie in that regard when you learn that about this movie mm-hmm. you know and so for folks who didn't know like edward g robinson knew that he was dying of cancer when he signed on to this movie and he didn't tell anybody and then yeah literally died 10 days after he wrapped the final scene of his career which was also this character's death scene which is in its own way a very like kind of beautiful notion i think personally but oh, like sure. it changes your entire perspective about this movie that for the most part, you can look at it as like, yeah, it's kind of just like a low tier 70s gross ass like meat and potatoes sci fi. But like that fact about this motion picture gives it like I, a whole other level of importance. I yeah, feel that seems specifically. I mean, like the oh, whole yeah, the, the, I'd say the last 30 minutes of this movie really make this movie. But like yeah. that scene specifically and like I do. But I do like the idea of Richard Fleischer coming up to him during that scene to be like, now, uh, Edward. I don't know how else to ask this. Would you like us to do it for real? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, we could could do it. We have the technology. I I don't want to die on your movie, see? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to die in the back lot like Benji, see? (laughs) The funny thing, the the back lot, by the way, you just reminded me of something that's another kind of key fact for all this like yeah the lot that they were on it looks like shit because it was shit this was like it was the final film that was produced on this particular back lot uh and it was like literally falling down while they were using it so it's a weird like it it's kind of funny but also you think about it it's like wow how effective for this movie that you got this piece of shit back. Probably didn't have to do too much to dress well, it up to look crappy. That's great, actually. But I would I would just kill for just a, a fake establishing shot or just yeah. like a big old yep. funky matte painting of mm-hmm. what the city looks like now. Like a cool that's a wild thing. shot. You know, just we, yeah. we yeah, don't get something. a single we don't get a single um matte shot at all establishing what the city looks like. Do I we? think there's a there's a scene, I think, when he's like cross like towards the end of the movie where he's getting back to the Chelsea West towers. I think he crosses yeah. some like LA river looking thing. And I think we do see some type of matte painting of a, of a cityscape of sort, but it's, oh, God. I really just need, I just wanted more, you know, I just wanted more. Yeah, I mean, totally. You can put that in the, the, we didn't start the fire intro. You did Take that out <laughs> yes, yes, oh yes. and put in just like some stupid painting of what this might look like. And I think, you know, I think setting in New York might, I, I understand the reason because it's like a the big city in America or whatever. But I feel like if yeah. this was just like, it's LA, I'd be more forgiving on it. Cause I, cause 
I don't know. Well, I, that's the thing, right? Like the streets are kind of a little too wide. Yeah. Stuff's a little yes. too open. It was all shot like in California, I imagine. Oh, yes. I believe oh, yeah. like an oil refinery in California is the 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 soylent green plant at the end. Yeah. So yeah, it's sense. all just like a ca- California shooting, and then we're just saying New York. So, but I think it's. I mean, it's it, the idea at least. I mean, obviously we don't. But it's it's about it's trading it on the everyone's worst fears, like being in New York and it's overcrowded kind of a thing. <laughs> That's true. And in '73, <laughs> you know, they'll they'll fucking eat your baby on the street. <laughs> exactly. So he, he That's goes right. to Chelsea Towers because Joseph. Well, Joseph. First of all, we meet Joseph Cotton and his, hell yeah, and his furniture, Cheryl. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Furniture. Hey, I know. I was like, oh look, that's his wife. Oh yes. wait, she's okay. She's furniture. Great. What a fucking future. Please oh, meet he, my hammock, sure. <laughs> he buys her a video game, which is cool. That, apparently, this computer is the first, space. This is the first video game shown in a movie, or or may maybe the first video game shown in a movie. This, you know, I was reading huh. that um this this game, Computer Space, was a early. A product of the same company that would go on to make Pong. Oh, that makes sense. Mm. Which is kind of neat. And I love, I mean, I don't think the console part of this was real, but I love this sleek ass oh, yeah. white console cool. thing. Looks like something out of Wall-E, honestly. Now, yeah, we don't know what was wrong with computer space. It just didn't take off. But boy, when Pong took off, it was just the the stars aligned. You know, you couldn't walk down the street anymore. Me and Sylvester, we just get pointed out. We get laid all the time. It was incredible. You say that the Pong guys, they got to get laid. <laughs> so they'd bat our balls around. <laughs> get those Pong guys laid. <laughs> I love uh, that it's Cheryl, by the yes. way. We can't just put the Lee on the end of there. Yeah, it's I it's guess more it's future. Cooler. Yeah, that's true. And this is the actress Lee Taylor Young did not do a ton. Uh, we also Joseph Cotton, though, of course, legendary actor. Yes. Uh, Chuck Connors plays the bodyguard Tab Fielding. So we're, yes. we're having fun with dumb names a little bit. Just a, just a little bit. The face oh, on totally. Chuck Connors, man. Holy macaroni. It is, <laughs> it is just, you don't see him like that anymore. Just I, a big rock-faced Easter Island-looking motherfucker. Love it. No, it, we don't. And you know what I think? You know what American I think? American Frankenstein. <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with the fact that we encourage, uh, uh, you know, uh, mothers carrying children to um, not smoke anymore. (laughs) I think you get you get a lot of these like chiseled hard apple looking dudes. You could like fucking cut a steak on this guy's face Mm -hmm. like. You just don't get it anymore. And I think it's because we're stopping smoking. You're right. You know what? I know no plans as of now, but if my wife gets pregnant, we're forcing cigarettes. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, totally. From Booze. Birth. The whole thing. You get a yeah. Chuck Connors. <laughs> I need a Biff hard apple little guy to like, <laughs> totally. I don't know, clear the brush. What? What's the point of having a child at this point if they're not going to grow up to have a face that you couldn't take directly off of Mount Rushmore? (laughs) (laughs) The thing about uh, Joseph Cotton being in this movie is that I love Joseph Cotton whenever he shows up in anything, and I truly don't give a flying fuck about Charlton Heston. So the Mm -hmm. fact that, like, (laughs) Cotton literally has, like, one scene in this movie and then is bludgeoned to death, I was like... Oh, that's a true <laughs> bummer, man. But he's playing Mr. Simonson, uh, as you hear Charlton Heston say a ton in this movie. And like he, he's he, he's like sad. So his 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 girlfriend, I mean, and they they are more boyfriend and girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like even though that's the arrangement, right? Uh, she's gonna go down and get him a nice 
some nice dinner from the food pantry, which this building has with right. And she, and she has to take the bodyguard with her. Yes. And in the meantime, uh, while that's going on, she's doing the shopping. This dude who I don't know that we get the name in the movie, but IMDb was crediting him as Gilbert. Sure. Uh, this guy breaks into the apartment um, and yeah, like he just murders this guy. There's a little bit of like, you know, uh, the company can't risk catastrophe, they say. Uh, and, you know, Joseph Cotton's like, uh, it's not right, but it's necessary to have me killed. I don't understand what's going on here. Like, is, is Joseph Cotton, was he going to blow the lid off the whole thing? Yes, I think so. I think, I think clear, yes. he, the ocean, the, uh, those, uh, oceanography books that they find later, I think he was, he was the guy who had figured that out. And he that, confessed to the priest. The priest knew. Yes. Oh, that's what yeah. the confession. So he, they found out he did tell someone. Even though the, the priest never gives it up to Heston, even though everyone, you know, it's the writing's kind of on the wall at that point, but yes, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool because the, I love this thing where like this mysterious guy who never gets paid off, this guy in sunglasses gives him this bizarre the assassin, this bizarre crowbar thing, and he has to yes. scale the wall with it, which is kind of cool. And then he winds yeah. up killing him with it, which is also fun. Yeah. yeah. And Joseph Kahn's just like, smash my brains in already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, he's ready to fucking go to hell tonight, man. It's I will crazy. tell you what. Because, you know, I don't want to take a you know a cab all the way down to the suicide factory. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> no. You just might as well bash him in right here. No, who wants to go to Kevorkian Memorial? Nobody. <laughs> and then, like, but like, like, I do kind of. It's weird that he puts up no fight. Like, all right, fine, stick that thing in my brain. <laughs> go yeah. ahead, just I guess, stick the edge of that thing right into my skull. It's corporate like conspiracy. He knows how big this. He knows yeah. he can't ever fight. You know, the house always wins, kind of thing. I, I, right. You know what? I would be. I, I would get a meeting together. Be like, look, I'd. We're all. We're all gonna die because of this secret we have together. I swear to you now, here are poison pills for all of you and just crack the fucking thing open on your teeth, you know, when time comes or I'm going to send the crowbar guy after you. It's either this or crowbar. I mean, my God, you're totally right. Like, let me just like crack a filling and have the lights go out, not be bludgeoned by this guy man but i mean again you've got the suicide booth up the street is so nice honestly and that's the one thing about this movie that doesn't make any sense america would never create something so lovely for everyone absolutely not no absolutely not you'd fucking go into one of these things and it would be a goddamn infomercial or some shit it's the futurama the futurama had it right it's it's a booth it's a little booth that you step into it it takes 10 seconds and then your body goes down below that's that's how it works well isn't that kind of the the little the device pod? that, that uh, yeah the pod that that fucking was it some like swedish dude's been yeah cooking plugging? up yeah i you know i don't know for sure but it does it does look like a beautiful little uh it kind of does look like the the futurama idea because what it's like a phone booth for them yeah yeah like this this thing i think it was a swedish guy like you lay down in it or whatever mm-hmm. and it i don't know what it does Put some gas in there. Yeah, you just go to sleep forever, which sounds lovely. Just everybody wake, because one of these days we're going to have a wave of, no, everybody's, you know, reclaims figures. When Jack of working starts getting reclaimed by everybody, watch out because those fucking those suicide booths are going to be everywhere. And yeah, that's good news for a lot of people, but also bad news for society. Well, I never really I never had a problem with working, even as a young child watching the news about it. I'm like, why not? He seems fine. In general, he always, once, once he, he becomes a hero, that's when I'm like, oh, yes. well, he is kind of a hero in my mind. Okay. 
Um, it always made sense to me, man. It always 100% made sense to me what that guy was Yeah, peddling. a little bit yeah. of dignity. Nothing wrong with that. Do I have to shit my grampy rompers by, you know what I mean? Like, Or can I walk like, down and, you know, visit the good doctor? But then, yeah, can you go, like, flip a switch and your lights are out? Or you live long enough to be like Charlton Heston, you're shitting your pants all the time. Yeah, but Chris or, is against this. He wants the meat grinder only, right? I do, just I jump do into think, a meat grinder. Uh, or you Look, get, a meat grinder is nice. <laughs> you get somebody like me who sees a guy with sharp uh, sharp uh, incisors like, oh, fuck, a vampire. I'm in a horror movie. Better kill myself, <laughs> but I'm an idiot, and now I've done yeah. it. I can't well, take it back. You just, see, you know, Darwin thinning the herd. <laughs> sure, that's a good place to go with it. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Steve. That kind of sounds like a you problem. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so they oh, no, a the vampire. <laughs> Better kill myself. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't need that shit. Now wait a second. In this situation, Steve, the vampire isn't even pursuing you. You just you just saw a vampire yeah. on the street. Uh, You're like, that's already, it. He's already telling the Kevorkian guys his favorite color is orange and his favorite music <laughs> is stained. <laughs> yeah, but that's not I'm even afraid a- to be alone. What a horrible way to go, man. Yeah, Can you imagine you're bad. you're about to be fucking you're checking out, dude, and the hotel earth, and uh you just hear Aaron Lewis in the ear. <laughs> Aaron Lewis and acoustic nickelback just fucking it's, all night long. That's true. Aaron Lewis, he's telling you how the vaccine doesn't work. Well, that's the thing is you'd be laying back, you see, and you just choke right. on your own vomit. Which oh, would be, yeah. totally. Perfect easy, easy way to go. Uh but so she goes out of the pantry, she gets a, a steak of some kind or a big slab of beef and like three sprigs of lettuce. Slip yep. pickings downstairs. But no, yeah, this is even great for pickings. the rich. I mean, this beef yeah. piece. Mm. Oh, my Lord. You know, we don't have this for just anyone. You know? That's true. Only the best uh, furniture and well, Joseph Cotton's in this building get that. <laughs> well, that's what's kind of interesting about the movie. And I think the movie does a good job with it, but it doesn't do a great job with it. It's like almost there, which is like the whole point is like these pigs shouldn't live like this so that everybody could live with some fucking dignity. You know right. what I mean? But they yes. they never get there exactly. I they don't. Well, because the decadence is not as like ramped up as it should be. Like, I feel like you're living in these Chelsea West Towers with Joseph Cotton. You know, you're at that level. There isn't a food pantry. You've got a stocked fridge, yeah, like, right? The fact that she gets a yes. couple of leaves of lettuce and then this like tiny cut of meat or whatever and like a bottle of booze, I think. Mm. Uh, or the boozes may be already in the apartment, but like it should just be a feast. Like they, yeah. it yeah. should be a real, right. a real like kind of fat cat. You know what I was thinking? It should have been more like is um oh a Romero's Land of the Dead, where Dennis Hopper's like way up in the tower, and it's like total decadence, and like they live above the wretches of the city, sort of a situation. Right. Yeah. I, I thought you were gonna say Hook. <laughs> that's a feast you know you know i think it's like we're it, it, they should do that instead it would really drive that point home but it, instead i feel like they're going for like you know the 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 rich of this society are living like like you you folks in the audience you yes. yuppies yes. in 1973 <laughs> well that, i mean the, but the problem is also like yeah we, we can't Get out, it, we're focused completely on the murder mystery of what happened with Joseph Cotton, even though we, the audience, already know it. Yes. Yeah. So that becomes be mo- the central focus of it. So you can't build out of like what this world is actually, what, what's going on in this world. That's true. It would be maybe more effective if we didn't see that scene, although it's a good scene because someone gets their head bashed. 
Yeah. I, I love a good head bashing. I, that's the thing. It's like I, I love the head bashing aspect, but yeah, maybe it would work better well, as a detective story if I wasn't spelled out whatever well, you know happened already. Here's the thing though, what's what's an interesting contemporary example, uh where it is a detective story, but you do get a feel for the world, is the Batman. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, like yeah. that like the murder of the mayor at the start of the movie uh is pretty rad, but you know that the Riddler did it and it is a detective thing, but also like you totally feel the Matt Reeves Gotham like vision, absolutely. But I think that what the difference is that the Riddler is active where this thing is not. You know what that's I mean? Tr- like, yes, this that's is just true. That's one very true. murder and flat. You know what yep. I mean? If, if we're yeah. if we're going through the whole board, maybe you know what yeah, I mean? I mean like, really see, different yeah. apartments would be like, oh, interesting. You know, whatever. Heston should have just kept his nose down. You know, like, come on, dude, just move along. I love this the- scene where he shows yeah. up. And because he's, you know, it's a murder. He gets called. He meets the Doctor Who creepy doorman, Charles, this dude. Oh, man. I don't know what this freak. This guy sucks, dude. This is the guy later on when there's he breaks up a furniture party later on. So he's kind of like he basically is like the super of the building slash like the pimp, I guess. That sounds right. Yep. Very weird. I do love like uh, Heston, like is looking at the crime scene or whatever. And he says to Cheryl, I think he says to Cheryl, he's like, occupation. And she just goes, rich. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, definitely. Not bad. Uh, <laughs> and, but then he's like, all right, Mr. Bad. He, he calls this guy, all right, Mr. Bodyguard, why don't you go outside and write me a statement while I rob this dude fucking blind? <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. I like the detail he asks him if he knows how to like read and write before he asks <laughs> yes. for that statement. So it's interesting to see that the they predicted the education system quite correctly for 2022 <laughs> yeah no exactly like oh you're just going to be bred to be like some you know dick hard apple fucking assassin guy well you don't know you know you might need not need to know how to read and write That's right. that, would, that would be the funny that would be a perfect way to do the heston fucking uh robinson relationship it's robinson is the only one who knows how to read and write oh <laughs> yes. that would be great right? and, yes. he, and heston's like the muscle my, oh my god i can't read <laughs> my teachers thought english language was grooming <laughs> point me at uh, what you want me to beat up make notes about it. my gender if i can't read it's easier this way. I won't be so confused or groomed now that I'm totally illiterate. Wasn't it great when Ron DeSantis was turned into Soylent Green? <laughs> I hope I ate a little bit of him. Just a little bit. I think the other thing, too, about Heston telling this dude to go outside and write the statement is so he can secretly bathe in this sink. Oh, absolutely. Because, like... The second the dude leaves the apartment, he's like, I'm going to wash my face. And mm-hmm. oh, my God, it's beautiful. And oh, this- ye go- hold on. So there's uh, running faucet. Ooh, booze. Oh, ye God's functional porn hub. Holy <laughs> shit. I am locking the door. Oh, my God. I haven't seen a porn hub in years. <laughs> Is that it? It can't be. Toilet paper? <laughs> oh, thank ye God. He loves Looks it. like my hand can get the <laughs> night off. 
he loves the soap too, and he I just love the shots oh, of yep. him just like sniffing that bar of soap. Oh, dude, he's huffing it. And I was like, does it smell like that woman's armpit or something? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, cake the soap. Yeah, he gets the booze. He's, I mean, he's he, he starts filling up a pillowcase, which I fucking love. <laughs> I love dude. that. This soap smells like Joseph Cotton's balls. <laughs> Oh, it's cotton balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll smell uh, like fancy balls tonight. <laughs> I wish she was alive so I could stick those cotton balls in my ear. All right, I'll have to tell the uh, forensics team, no, that's my semen. Don't worry. And that happened well <laughs> after he was dead. It had nothing to do with him being dead. Again, it was just the porn. Oh, that's my semen, my blood, my blood, my semen. His blood is over there. <laughs> Those are my teeth marks on that sandwich. It, it was all involuntary, you understand. Once I saw the porn hub, I went into a feral state. I exploded in blood and cum. Uh, but he does, he directs, because like um, like coroner type people come in. Yes. And this is where we learn the, the fate of Joseph Cotton here. He's like, Simonson, murder, dispose. And then Cheryl asks, like, what's going to happen to him? And he tells her that he's going to be driven outside the city to a waste disposal plant. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's getting ground up just like the rest of the uh, farm on that dude a little while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the corner guy's like, oh, I want my cut of this action, too, or whatever. I love this fat guy. This Wagner, <laughs> the fat corner. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, now, listen. You're gonna give me some money because I know you're gonna rob this place blind. <laughs> exactly. So just just make it, make peace with it now. Fifty bucks. See you like, later. Looks like you're gonna get a big slab of beef or something. I want some D's out of this thing. What if, if you s my D? How about that, <laughs> fat guy? If you, make- you want some D's, show bad. I've got a D I can give you. <laughs> Put your damn dirty paws on my <laughs> cock. <laughs> They smell, they smell sweet now because I have the rich man's soap, you see. <laughs> so get down there and sniff. <laughs> Enjoy touching my wiener because I bathed with the same soap that covered Joseph Cotton's balls. <laughs> he also takes from this apartment uh, two volumes of what we're told is the Soylent Oceanographic Survey Report 2015 to 2019. Mm-hmm. Which and, is pretty cool, and you know he he makes a move. He he like lays the groundwork with Cheryl a little bit, like kind of a I might be back at some point. Just letting you know. Yeah, he's asking like what the deal is because like the contract is up and whatever, and she's like, "Well, I, I stay here until the next tenant comes, and if he doesn't want me, then I get moved around or whatever." And he's like, "Oh, good." So I know where you'll be. Dude, cut to the best week of Cheryl's fucking life, man. Just totally. living it up in this place. Yeah. Well, that's why I think later, like when, you know, Heston does come back to this apartment and there's all the other women there. It's like, look, my fucking dude died. Everybody <laughs> come up and hang out. Get away from your dude and come up and hang out. Well, that's a, a question I have is when you show an apartment, do you get to have sex with the furniture? To try it out? I don't like, think that's a good show, question. I don't think when you show it, because like later on, she has to like, I think you buy the apartment. There's a, you find out there's a two year waiting list, you know? Dang. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So these things, these things are high in command. I don't, and that's sort of interesting when you meet the guy later with a two year waiting list. I'm kind of curious with like, uh, uh, what that, where does that guy live? Like, you know, what's underneath this level? Because yeah, obviously, like, wherever, uh, uh, Houston's like 15 levels below. And then obviously, uh, stairway sleepers 10 levels below Heston. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I just am curious where everybody sort of fits. 
That's a ranch out in the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> That's that mid-level. And I, I have to marry a woman, not a piece of furniture, goddammit. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe that's a thing, Steve, right? Like, maybe this dude is at a similar level real estate-wise, but, like, this Chelsea Towers West is just, like, one of the quote-unquote furniture buildings. Mm. So maybe he's trying to get into a furniture building because he, a rich guy, is, to his mind, unfortunately, living in a non-furniture building. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Don't, don't yeah. have to share a joint account with a piece of furniture that's centered. <laughs> well, because he's living, like a he's living in, a, in a nice one bedroom. It's at Astoria, though. It's a little far from the city. It's kind of a drag. <laughs> oh, my God. You live in the outer boroughs. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Good Greek food out there, though. And by that, I mean Greek men ground up into crackers. <laughs> As they should be. Oh, hang I'm on. kidding. You guys gyro a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a compliment. You, you, using that as a verb, huh? That's <laughs> I like it. Those are good, uh, good little meat wraps, you, know, you hunky Greek guys. I want to put on a sandwich. <laughs> they uh so like that's kind of thing. He goes back to Saul and he's like, Look at all the shit I got. Oh man, I got some pencils, I've got uh some cognac. It's gonna be a great fucking time, Saul. I love that Edward G. Robinson is so stoked about this booze. He's like a kid on Christmas morning, man. It's pretty fucking great. Well, and so what now, here's the question. You got one bottle yeah. of booze, you know, between the two of you. Is the move to have little sip, sips each day, or just get hammered no. in one night? A- absolutely not. I, I, I re- the, the portioning, absolutely not. You, you, you are a block away from the suicide machine. Yeah, <laughs> you, you enjoy your night. You do God, whatever you want for move. your night. Mm-hmm. You do that, but then you know the suicide machine again. You wake up, it's gonna be right there, baby. I think it ain't the, moving anywhere. The answer for the bottle question is how I treat a bottle, where I get hammered for the first two nights because oh my God, I got a bottle, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of ration it out. I but then see. when right. I see it's getting yeah. low, I'm just like, we better get one more hammer in. Might as well finish it now. Adding little bits of water to it just to make yourself believe that you're not. It's not as bad as you first thought. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to do that, though. Then you just ruin, you ruin I, I, the bottle. I know. Uh, but while Edward G is uh, drooling over this bottle of booze, Heston goes to the police station. Uh, this is where we meet Brock Peters as Chief Hatcher. Love seeing Brock Peters yes, in the movie. Yes, uh, uh, Ca- uh, Admiral Cartwright from Star Trek. Oh, yes, yes that's yes. holy yeah. shit. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Of course. Um, also from but yet, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Also, he's the. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. I. T- Man, I totally forgot that. Too. Wonder if this guy got fucking freighted. Probably those pieces of shit at the Oscars. <laughs> they always yeah. do it. Yeah, I mean, I bet they did. I bet when they did he, fucking did. When did he pass away? I mean, I know, out. I know he's uh, dead. But okay, I'm looking up. 2005. Yeah. 2005. Mm. So was yeah, that the probably- year of uh, Crash? <laughs> the winner is Crash. I think you're right. Yeah. Been, yeah. Um, I like to see it. It's cool him trying to fix his watch while we're talking about stuff and learning. Yeah, pretty badass. I mean, the thing that Heston is peddling here, though, is he believes uh, that Joseph Cotton was uh, like assassinated, like targeted and assassinated. And the story that like the rest of the investigators or whoever want to go with is that it was like a, a break in and he was murdered. Yeah, he's like, hey, aren't you 
isn't it weird that he got broken in and murdered? Like, no, I don't know. Remember how he got it was a break in and he got murdered. But then I also think Heston's trying to just be like, kind of want to go back to that apartment for more evidence, <laughs> if you know what I mean. There's oh, no there this was. case is not closed, <laughs> not by a country mile. Might be more evidence inside that furniture. Oh, no, there's more meat on the bone back there. <laughs> Time to go a-picking. They found evidence in her, Jack. Uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't even play that video game. I think they have Mario Odyssey on that. <laughs> God, it's been forever since I've done Mario Odyssey. You could play as the hat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been a hat in years. <laughs> well, that's also the weird thing. Um I think Heston is, you know, he's Heston in this, and that's great. But I think there's something missing. His relationship with Robinson, is, again, is, is nice, but it's very weird because, like, Robinson will be like, hey, do you remember? I remember when you could buy food, when you could do, like, so Robinson lived through functional society yeah. in his yeah. 80s. And for some reason, Heston is only only 30 years younger and doesn't remember anything. Like I, he needs to be much younger. I think if, yeah. if this is like a yeah. like a James Con well, type, a thirty year old James Con, then I'm like, that's a a big enough gulf where like he yep. didn't see society crumble. He lived only in crumbled society. If that makes sense. If he was born in 1980, I guess we're trying to say by the 90s society was falling apart because yeah. the book was also 90 set in 99, even though yeah. this is quite 22. further. I don't know. I'm trying to rationalize it. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's just it's just I just think I think that they're. I mean, Heston's just not young in this movie. I think if he was younger, it would be helpful. By the time Counting Crows was on the (laughs) top ten, society had ended. It's a. I I feel like you. I I agree with you, Stephen. I think it's such an easy fix where it's like. You just split the difference. He only kind of remembers yes. some things. You could make the argument that he was like, you know, 10 yeah. or something when society really started shit in the bed. And then it's like, I kind of remember some things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was there a McDonald's? I remember that being a lot of fun. <laughs> a Popeye's chicken, perhaps? <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, it would be... A lot easier. I think the problem is really just Heston. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, the Planet of the Apes really benefits from the fact that he's the only human. Like, you can't really compare him to other <laughs> humans. And being like, it just yeah. seems normal because he's, he's the only one not dressed up like an <laughs> ape. That's so that kind of makes that work. Whereas you have Edward G. Fucking Robinson and Joseph Cotton, perhaps yep. two of the best actors to ever live, <laughs> matching up against you as the main yep. actors in this, and he just looks weird and stilted. I uh, think that this, like, I think what you're just saying there, Chris, was what I was noticing and w- last night watching this and why, because I, I saw this once, like, in college, do not remember it really. So it, it felt like a, a first watch, but like, I don't know. It just, and I, I said this at the top, I've, I've never, ever given a shit about Charlton Heston. Admittedly, also, I haven't seen a ton of his movies, but like, I've never gotten what I feel a lot of other people claim he had i think he's got a magnetism to him he's got a swagger yeah he's he's Uh he's interesting to watch i mean i guess like in planet of the apes you know bright eyes they call i mean because he does have he's got a a flicker there i think it's sexy yeah i mean i to be fair i i do need to watch more of his performances as well because 
It's not like I'm, you know, queuing up Ben Hur all the time. I, yeah, I, I, no, I honestly exactly. think his best work is in Bowling for Columbine. <laughs> Walking away from Michael <laughs> just, Moore. Just him getting like all agitated and shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the most emotion I've seen come out of Charlton Heston legitimately in his whole career. I mean, that's the thing, right? Is like we're doing stupid voices here and like people who have better Charlton Heston impressions like Phil Hartman had, for example, like the stilted nature of it, like, is a real thing. Yes. And so I yeah, just, yeah, I yeah. never well, have understood, like, I mean, I guess the magnetism from a physical sense, but, like, him acting and, like, saying lines, sort of, I don't know. I think Shatnerian a bit. Yes, you know I was what about I mean? to say that. Uh, it's like if Shatner was in shape and was tall enough to be a leading, <laughs> real leading man. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a really good point. That's a good connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. So maybe it's just some, like, Hopelessly underwatch, but just like literally everything that I've seen him in, I'm like, I don't get it with this. Dude. I love him in Tombstone for five minutes. Does everybody remember that part? Where I like, forget. not at all. Tombstone pretty much stops dead, and then Charlton Heston's like, "Well, old Tombstone boys, I'll give you some food <laughs> for the night." And like, it's just, it kind of rules. Uh, can I give you boys more guns? It looks like you only have seven each. Uh, I can get you more guns. Oh, I and love- when, when hell is coming with you, that'll be fun, won't it, Kurt Russell? <laughs> And he's he, great in True Lies. Yes. Oh, we have that his brief yeah. role of like running yeah. the spy agency. Nick Fury. He's literally Nick Fury. Yeah. No, for sure. He's even got the eye patch. Um, fuck. What was that one movie? Um, Touch of Evil. He's uh, oh yeah. So yeah, he's good, but it's you yeah. know obviously it's, it's that weird. is that is the the definition of a problematic fave for me. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. love 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 that movie. It is a grimy, gross, fucking nasty ass mean movie. But for those who are not aware, Charlton Heston one hundred percent in brown face playing a Mexican character. Yeah, and you're like, and dude, like I bought that Kino four K too. You are looking right into the heart of the devil with that fucking makeup, man. <laughs> it is insane. It just comes through even worse, you know, than like watching it on like, you know, a VHS tape mm-hmm. or something. I could not, could well, not look away. Funny is like last month on the Nexus, we were criticizing, you know, 1968 use of of brown face for the Native Americans in that one episode. Oh, I know where you're going. And it's well, I'm just saying, like, at least at least this is 10 years before that. Oh no, but he's Charlton Heston is a movie is in a movie playing a Native American once. And oh, that shit. I look, it is called Savage, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. Sorry, so what, what, was, what was that? 1976? <laughs> 1999. No. Uh, <laughs> no, what, no, no, no. What year? 1952. He plays, okay. Okay. Uh, well, he plays a, a white boy raised by the Sioux who must choose sides when the Sioux threaten oh, to go see? to war against the whites. That's uh, not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's sort of like a worse Dances with Wolves, yes. it kind of sounds like. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. still feels like iodine in the cut, I'm going to tell you. Uh, here, I'm, I'm posting a little I'm, post- I'm sure it's here. a fucking minefield, Cap. <laughs> and you know, I uh, haven't seen, you know. Oh, yikes. Oh, wait, oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to oh. check it out. Oh, yep, oh. yep, that's not good. <laughs> no, 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 you don't want that. You don't want that. Holy fucking shit. You know, before that. society collapsed, I could be in movies like Savage. <laughs> and you know, Look, 
<laughs> I haven't seen it forever, but Ten Commandments, I remember thinking is good, but that's yes. like Yul Brenner kind of carrying. Oh, by the yeah. way, Edward G. Robinson as well is in that. Yeah. Yeah, they're buds, apparently. In the Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah, these are my rules. <laughs> when you're playing like uh, Moses, I can see it being, you know, like, oh, he's stilted because God's talking to him. Exactly. Oh, yeah, he's so yeah. big. Yes. I mean, it makes sense yep. that he's like these big, big characters. Yeah. The way he's doing it. And I think that, like, here he has some vulnerability. You know what I mean? I think more vulnerability than you see in other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, even yeah. Planet of the Apes, like, you know, he, like, when he's like, he really like is enjoying being in this dude's apartment and fucking sitting on Dude, his couch, you know. It, yeah, I, I I get that, but it's also this is also him essentially uh, uh, Charlton Heston in blank check. <laughs> like it's it's just like him being like, oh yes, a shower and a sex with an ottoman. I can't wait. To, <laughs> this is gonna be well, fantastic. Obje- objection, Chris. It's more like taking care of business. A touch, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I pa- apologize. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, w- w- at what point is Charlton Heston a little kid? on a bouncy castle <laughs> Dude, the bouncy castle oh my god it's my birthday <laughs> happy birthday to me well now I'm just thinking oh man what a better movie big but it's Charlton Heston instead of yes. Tom Hanks <laughs> yep. oh, I work shit. at a toy company <laughs> oh now I'm even significantly older than Robert Loja himself better movie <laughs> because then we can get like grampy ladies like having mm-hmm. sex with him and then like well, he goes back into being a 10 year old boy or whatever here's the thing dude it's it's big like the Tom Hanks movie right and then sequel called too big in where a kid gets too old and he's like well now my dick don't work at all <laughs> I like that a lot where a kid has to deal with erectile dysfunction which yeah, actually yeah. affects many men a kid just tried a kid just tried to seduce Jessica Tandy <laughs> question about Joseph Cotton's arrangement because he said he's up there is there Soylent Cialis in this society probably Must right be, yeah I think yeah. they put it in the tap water like fucking fluoride <laughs> I mean, so like, uh, there's a nice scene with uh, Edward G. Robinson. They, they actually like the weird thing is like, you know, uh, Edward G. Robinson makes this, or I think actually Charlton Heston makes the meal, and like they sit down, they like oh, eat yeah. some lettuce as By an the opener. Way, if you're cooking beef in this apartment, you better fucking padlock that door. Oh, put a dude, I thought the it. same thing. Windows. I thought the same fucking thing. The They're gonna be banging people. down that door. Smell it all. It'd be night of the living dead. They'd rip the shit out of. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Well, that's, like there should be a thing like Charlton Heston or uh, uh, Robinson is like warming up the frying pan or something, and Charlton Heston is literally hammering boards over the door. Yeah, you know they try to do it with like the the whole teeming masses thing at the market later mm-hmm. on when they have to get the uh, dump trucks to clear them out. But like Ooh, I feel yeah. like we needed more of that in some way that actually felt like the protagonists were threatened. Oh yeah, you want some more nuance in the actual action yes. of the movie, and like but like. I think uh, the the note here is like it, that's why the steak wasn't just cooked as a steak and mm. is turned into what I can only refer to as hobo stew. <laughs> oh, it's hobo stew. Why, yeah. Chris? And I know I, you know what I mean. Like it's you got this beautiful cut of meat. You're only going to eat it once. You can't refrigerate it or whatever. Like yeah, ma- cut up a nice steak for enjoy yourself. No, you have to bathe it in garbage juice and then <laughs> cut up the celery and carrots into the garbage juice. That masks the beef smell, and then you eat oh, it as a whole. Yeah, because I mean, I've lived in bad neighborhoods, dude. You fucking you get a new TV, you hide, you you do not fucking put that in during the daytime. That's for sure. Yeah, not a smart move. <laughs> not, you, you do that with you do that with you come walking around with this beef smell. I don't think so. Oh yeah. 
Uh, so there's a moment a little later on. Heston goes uh, to Tab's apartment, uh, the bodyguard. Uh, <laughs> and he goes there and he Tab is on home, but he meets Martha. Uh, Tab's quote unquote oh furniture. God. Why did you say that name? Why <laughs> did you say that name? Martha is my Ottoman's <laughs> name. <laughs> Um, oh man yeah. yeah so then he's like going through this dude's apartment when he's not home is that where we're at yes Paula Kelly is Martha by the way she's, she's good in this movie she is good in this and he's like oh my god an in unit incinerator haven't <laughs> seen one of those in years which is like I just love that being a a feature like we're, 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 those were never things right no. or we're just trying to predict the well, future yeah. no we, we I mean I had, a, I had an in unit uh, not an in unit on the floor. There was a you know a shoot an incinerator yeah. shoot. You have I got those that in my building. Yeah, you okay. don't have. So, you don't well, have... maybe this drawer was a shoot then. Oh, maybe because it well, looks like a yeah. It looks like a like a, a dumbwaiter, a vault or something. Like oh. you'd think you'd, there'd be money in it or whatever. Well, a safe. Oh, no. That's what they call them. I mean, <laughs> Eric, the thing is, this guy is. He, we're going to find out very soon. He's killing a bunch of people. He's high up. Mm-hmm. In this organization, that's he's true. got a lot of evidence he's got to get rid of. Yeah, that's so a good point. it would it, it would behoove you to have something that's like true. that. That's, that's true. That's true. Throw it in there. And also, business uh, expense. Maybe, also, maybe hide your your fancy strawberry jam. Oh maybe yeah. Oh, that's yeah. keep it in the fucking vault. Oh my god, that costs at least a two hundred and fifty D's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the question, dude, about the D's. Uh, is it worth fucking a rock monster for that jar of strawberries? I guess it is, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Chuck Connors. <laughs> good, good strawberries. Oh. I'd be doing it. <laughs> I was, dude. I was picturing like someone letting Ben Grimm go to town on them. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this dude, he, you know, Chuck Connors has been in so many westerns. He could, he could, he could fuck right. I think. Mm, yeah, oh, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. Speaking of fucking, there's a great exchange right here because like Heston, you know, oh, gets yeah. all the info that he needs, and she goes, uh, Martha, that is, she goes, uh, I should have offered you something, Mister Thorne. Like, you know, she kind of yeah. is like touching her bathrobe or whatever, and he goes, If I had time, I would have asked for it. <laughs> oh man, I would have given it to you, good madam. <laughs> now I have to ask this: Are you? I'm really sorry. I just learned about this. Are you? A woman or furniture? <laughs> I get I, confused. I've, I've been all around this city. I don't know the difference. Well, that's the weird thing. I mean, furniture seems like a slur. You know what I mean? Yes. They probably have. A, yeah. They probably have a real title, which is like you know, like in in house consultant or something like that. And that's what they call themselves. Right. And when, you, when you're like, you call your mom, you're like, yeah, I'm an in house consultant. She's like, oh, that's great. Like, look at that fucking furniture. And it's like, dude, <laughs> I relax also, with that. Like in the 1970s, we're so misogynistic anyway. We're like, well, one day they these objects that are women will just be objects, of yes. course. Mm-hmm. It is a, it's an incredible moment, like towards the end of the film, when it's the last time that Cheryl sees him. Uh, and he's like, All right, well, talk to you later, furniture. And she's like, Please don't call me that. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't like when you call me that. And it's crazy because he's like, all right. Because <laughs> he goes you back. You convinced me. He goes back, and this is when he starts up with her. Like, you know, she, this is the party scene. She's got all, all of her other female friends there. And this dude, uh, I, I think uh, Heston comes in, and he's just like, it's, it's kind of the greatest part. Is he picks up a cigarette, and he goes, 
oh my god, a cigarette. Oh, I can see. You know, if I had the money, I could. It's like a it's like a '70s joke. It's like a joke for a '70s audience. He smokes the <laughs> cigarette. And he goes, "If I had the money, I'd smoke two or three of those a day." And right, everyone yep. in the '70s is smacking it's, their knee because you're yep. smoking forty a day. You're smoking yep. packs, two to three packs a day. <laughs> exactly. Which it's is, an awesome, awesome moment though. Like Charlton Heston walking into this party, like. You know, because he takes the cigarette, he steals a drink from another woman. The whole time he's like pseudo schmoozing here, there is some grade A porno music on the score, oh, sure. like some hardcore 1970s fuck flick orchestration. I love it. I love it. By the way, just real quick that we find out by now that uh, that Santini, that damn Italian governor, mm. is involved in, in this conspiracy and... He forces he forces uh, G. Robinson there to lick his spoon that he stole from. Oh that. yeah, well, and I doesn't force him. He's like, it's a, it's, it's a disgusting nice treat for dude. you. It's just like here's a his pocket, yes. my pocket spoon. That <laughs> I mean, you might as well just lick his jeans at that. Point. <laughs> that's that's my beef with it. Is like he didn't find some saran wrap, yeah. and put that over the spoon. He just puts it in like the breast pocket of his jacket. Like, you're getting jam in that jacket pocket, man. I don't care who you are. Oh, Saul, you're like a father to me. Here, lick some jelly out of my jacket pocket. <laughs> I want to treat you so well, Saul. I've got loose jelly in my pocket. I mean, I know you want your 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 surrogate father to eat your strawberry or whatever, yeah. but just enjoy it yourself. And yeah. You, you can you, tell him later. It was really good. Dude. Would yeah. you like some of this uh, jelly and lint? It's uh, It's very good together. Look, Saul, it's your favorite jacket jelly. <laughs> you can pick the Kleenex off of it. Oh, oh. Uh, but so like he he takes Cheryl into another room. He's in he's questioning her some more, and then they get down to fucking. They just get down to fucking. Oh yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love you. Catch this fucking huge fuzzy egg chair that Charlton Heston's mm-hmm. sitting in while this woman's taking it's her clothes awesome. off. Fantastic. Fuck, I. I for like and, and I wouldn't do this because like used furniture in general definitely not uh and where you'd have to go to get this definitely not but for a split second I was like I wonder if they got those cool fuzzy egg chairs on eBay <laughs> <laughs> They also have a David Cronenberg shower chamber Dude this Oh yes fucking, they stand yeah. up fucking in it and cuz he's seduced by hot showers and stuff and he hasn't had like a real bath in forever so i guess edward g robinson's just like sponge bathing him or something (laughs) that's this is definitely the one where i would have been you know i i don't need necessarily all the other stuff he's stealing the hot shower would get me to definitely hang out in a corpse's bedroom oh big time oh yeah of course i do that now do it if you want to talk about from my cold dead hands, that's me out of this apartment. Honestly, it's like, I'm going to just do this. I'm going to squat here until a SWAT team removes me. Tenants' yep. rights. Exactly. I've got, there's hot shower, air conditioning, a pretty attractive lady, video games. This is my last stand. This is, it. this is it. Because here's the thing. Like, you live it up as much as you can, right? And it's like, come and fucking take it, right? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then the worst thing that happens to you after after, you know, days, maybe a couple weeks of, you know, 
jam, video games, <laughs> ladies, booze, right? You just yeah. go to that fucking sweet, sweet suicide machine. Exactly. I mean, it's fucking true. It's true. It's kind of awesome. And you're not going to, like, how long do you want to live, Charlton Heston? This is the yep. way. I'm looking for the last week of my life. Yep. And this looks like a good, a good one. Uh, so, like, as they're getting ready to get down to fucking and everything, uh, Cheryl's telling him about, you know, like, remembering all these people that Simonson had dropped by the apartment, including Santini. Uh, so you start f- figuring out that, you know, he was up to some sticky shit here. Uh, and she says stuff like, oh, Simonson was going to church a bunch right before he died. She goes, this is one of the funniest. This was a Heston had me going with this. She goes. Uh, speaking of Joseph Cotton, I saw him cry more than once. <laughs> Charlton Heston just goes, yeah, old people do that. <laughs> <laughs> the best fucking line of the fucking movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah old people do that. <laughs> you know, I got a weepy old man in my house right now <laughs> licking jelly. Have I you, bet you he's crying right now. Have you seen all those people outside the suicide machines? I mean, they're weeping their eyes out. I don't know what the fuck their problem is. <laughs> this is when Charles comes in and starts smacking all the other furniture. Yes. yes. Yeah. And he yeah, has to yeah. like, I called them here for questioning. And you know what? Like, Fuck dude, you, Charlton yeah. Heston. Like, start beating this guy up. Start roughing him up yeah, a like, little bit. You throw know? this dude down a flight of stairs. That'd be cool. All he does is yell, get the hell out of here yes. at one point. He keeps calling him Charlie. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's sort of something. Uh, but yeah, and this is, he's like, oh, because they they don't get down to fucking right here. They start making out, and then there's all the disturbance or whatever. And then he's like, "Well, I gotta go," and she convinces him to stay here with the promise of a hot shower. And then she's like, "And I'll rub you down afterwards." And he's like, "Oh, great! Crank the air conditioner!" Oh, yeah, like he blasting this air AC and fucking after a hot shower. It's I, uh, here's the thing with the shower scene, by the way. It's like a weird. They're in a scented you know, candle. They're inside of a yeah, scented candle. Oh, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. And you could smell it from here. I could have swore, dude, for a split second before they cut away, you see some Heston ding dong. Really? I, did oh, yeah. I thought there was oh, just a quick God. snippet of something there. My wife called it out. She, she really? was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's oh, like, yeah, I shit. saw that. Charles nice. Heston penis. What is this, my search history? It's about to be. <laughs> Ooh, this is so much better than a, that rotten planet of the apes. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'll type well, in, there was a sexy lady in that movie. That's true. Too, I'll type oh, you in know. green penis to try to get the exact movie. Oh, you know that prude Burt Reynolds. He covered his shit up. I'm all natural. If Plager wants to see my ding dong, so be it. Not That's... seeing anything here on the Google image search, which is well, a big a problem. Maybe you know what? I'm gonna mm. take out green. Let's go penis. Just Charlton Heston penis. penis. Why don't you look at my AK forty seven baby? Because I'm a fucking <laughs> piece of shit gun nut. God damn it, I'm not seeing it here either. All right, I'll just have to go back to HBO Max. Yeah, you got safe search on, dude? <laughs> Let me double check. Oh my god, you no, no, I don't. Damn no, it. I don't. Damn it! Damn it! I don't think uh, so. Well, let me try to search for something even more salacious, and then maybe that'll prove if it's on or not. Eric, it's right at the end of fucking Bowling for Columbine. Just get get a file and snap it, Mister Heston. Get... Could you put your pants on, please? Okay, Mister no, Heston, please put your pants get, back on. I was able to get regular pornography on Google Image Search, <laughs> oh, good, so good. that means that's it was good. it was off. Okay, got it. Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, so anyway, like he does not spend the night, but so he's stumbling home all cum drunk and whatnot, and like 
this is uh this was another really sort of uh like with the stare people this and was another like sort of real striking bit of imagery oh, yeah, sure. here he stumbles on this dead lady and like he closes her eyes and then you see like there's something tied to her wrist and you follow the rope or whatever mm-hmm. and it's tied to a baby that's and just he sitting takes there takes it back to Edward Oof. G Robinson he's just like i've found more steak <laughs> yeah looks like you got more stew yeah see you got to make some baby stew yeah yeah see i like a medium rare all right <laughs> we haven't had a baby in weeks all ooh veal ah <laughs> oh. He takes the baby, uh, you know, into this church because he's going to talk to this priest that Cheryl said, you know, uh, Joseph Cotton was uh, seeing uh, right up to the end there. And uh, this is the actor Lincoln Kilpatrick, who also in Omega Man with Heston and also in, I think, a total stay tuned. But it's kind of a fun movie. Fortress with Christopher Lambert. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like him breaking out of a super prison. Oh, it's kind of great. Is that Albert Pion? Stuart Gordon. Uh, Stuart Gordon. Yes. Ooh, the great yeah, that's right. Like that. mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it's a totally fun movie. So this is, yeah, this priest character. And, uh, you know, he is trying to, like, interrogate this guy to figure out, like, what the heck, you know, Joseph Cotton, a rich man, was doing coming down to this, like, church slash, you know, makeshift shelter for people or whatever. Um doesn't get a lot of information like right away. He's like, it's kind of funny because the guy's like, can you come back later? I'm super tired right now. Yeah. I thought he was high. And like that kind of would well, make sense if you were in this it, world. It's not the I best performance either. Let's yeah. I don't know what's going on with this performance, but you're you're totally onto something there, Chris, because I thought like the character was supposed to be messed up on something. Yeah. Also. That, and that would make sense. Like if, if religion has rotted away now. Because of all this stuff, like I, it would make sense that he becomes a drug addict. I think it's a combo of he's tired and he knows the truth of soil and green, and it's like eating him up inside. Yeah, he's like distraught. Oh, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. True. And again, it's just not the greatest performance, so, you know. <laughs> no, but I, I, I gotta say, uh, him finding the kid outside—that's a good scene. But I also need to see a scene of these corpse collectors mm. who are roaming the street and bringing all this meat back to the fucking mm. plant. To put in the if there's just these mothers dying on the fucking staircases <laughs> yeah. everywhere, you need a fucking battalion to That'd fucking be go through the city. A great job to get. I would sign up instantly for corpse grabber. Oh yeah. Well, well I think probably part of well. that is one of those things that you know oh, it's a dirty job, pay well kind of a deal. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Uh, pension, the whole thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I forgot oh we got rid that, of but, uh, we got rid of pensions, and now it's all four hundred one k's. And by that I mean you have to live in a Younger man's apartment and read to him. <laughs> I mean, you literally have to make four hundred and one thousand dollars a year. I'm not like one of those wealthy body collectors, you know. You hear they they could buy three apartments and all the furniture they like. See, and also, the, uh, I remember what I was going to say about the body collectors, like because there is a mandated curfew. I feel like that's the time when the body collectors are out there. So, like, you could totally have like you know empty streets. Just film a shot of like the garbage truck driving yes, down the yeah. street. There's like corpses, you know, people are just dropping dead all the time be between so, heat and whatever else. It would be so easy to film since they have the garbage trucks of the bodies at the end of the movie as well. You can yeah, pepper exactly. it in a little bit earlier. Gives you some atmosphere. Well, that's what this movie right. that's what this movie is sorely lacking. And I think that that's I mean, what I, what I was uh my wife didn't watch it with me, but like we were talking about it afterwards. And 
she said exactly what I think about this movie, which is there's a reason people talk about this movie, but don't really watch it. And that's yep. kind of, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yep, the ideas are all fuck. there and there's just, it's just missing that like great, you know, cinema act, you know, it, 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 it's, it's not a, it's not a cinematic movie. No, exactly. It's not yes. beautiful. Really mm-hmm. at all. It, but also, I mean, it's interesting to your point about atmosphere though, Steve, because I'm thinking about like, uh, well, it's kind of funny because I jumped from, I, my brain inaccurately went to the wrong Matheson adaptation uh, because the the Vincent Price Last Man on Earth has some good atmosphere in it. But I, as I say that, though, Omega Man also has some decent atmosphere going I think on. It's in better because it. it's yes. more open. We're doing like outdoor filming. You're going and doing shit. This yeah, is all true. just soundstage. And, and again, with Omega Man, you have the benefit of him essentially being the only person there. Mm, the only yes. human. There's a couple <laughs> yeah. other ones, but it's mostly zombies. In <laughs> uh, so he goes to his boss and is like, hey, man, uh, it, this is the part when his boss tells him that he has to close the case. He doesn't want to close the case. Oh, right. And, you know, basically that's kind of the next action of the movie as he realizes, A, he's being followed and B, like, there's a big cover up. You don't really see what you, you don't. The, the governor never like comes back. He's like in one scene, kind of, sort of. You know what I mean? This like, is there's one scene. It's with the fucking other guy. The sunglasses. There's, dude. yeah. There's the the tab whatever character, and then there's sunglasses guy. And I feel like that's just one character. But I think sunglasses guy is the boss of the bodyguard. <sighs> maybe? He, or, I yes. think he was like the tail that then like it keeps mm. informing the company of what's going on. And I guess the bodyguard is just muscle. For the Sunglass- sunglasses guy is in charge is like essentially the guy who pays all of the assassins because mm. he's the one who gives the special crowbar at the beginning uh right. to the guy who kills joseph cotton uh yes. he's and the guy he- and the guy with the special crowbar is the guy who's shooting the people in the crowd later yes yeah yeah, yeah. but sunglasses guy here it is seen informing santini that charlton heston refuses to close the case brock peters is like close this case we want to get on with our lives blah 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 and he's like i don't fucking think so uh so then like yeah the the mayor or the governor or whatever like gets word also santini i was like is this guy like a part-time magician maybe? <laughs> the great santini yeah. that's what i was i kept on thinking about the great santini i'm like this isn't robert duvall totally and um oh, no, yeah no but so then the next movement is like he's uh one my favorite scene of the movie one of is this uh chuck connor's the bodyguard Goes to the priest, goes to the confessional. It's his best we Oh father. my God. It's like yeah. a fucking Scorsese movie for five <laughs> seconds. He just goes in, it's like, bless me, Father, for I've sinned, and just shoots this dude in the head. I'm, I'm like, yeah, movie. Now we're doing it. <laughs> but here's another thing about that, though, Steve, to speak to the guy who played the priest's performance. Yeah. Like, I thought the guy was already dead. Because, because <laughs> yeah. like, the, the assassin goes in the confessional and is doing the whole forgive me, Father, I have sinned shit. And this actor playing the priest is literally like bug eyed, just staring off. And I was like, oh, somebody killed that guy. And then he gets shot in the head. <laughs> when, he, when he gets shot, it literally looks like somebody gave him the hook. Yes. And pulled the bo- whole body off stage. It rules. But then uh, as punishment, Charlton Heston has to work riot patrol, which is. He gets a fucking football helmet, and this is the <laughs> crazy. Finally. Yeah, we're yes. walking around the the uh, Soylent Bazaar here, and yes. uh, these these yeah. food lines and everything, and they're using some um, traffic esque Mexico yellow filter here. Mm-hmm. I think to indicate that it's hot out. Yes. That's what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, we're trying to like oh, do yeah. smog. I think they they did it a few times when we're outside in this movie. Yeah. It's like yep. yellow greenish. 
other oddly prescient thing here, man. Mm-hmm. We're walking through this bazaar, and of course, there are some, but not all, people wearing masks. Yep. Oh boy. And that it was so it was so weird last night. I was like, oh weird, because like at first, you know, now in pop culture, like modern shit, when you see like masks, whether it's like reality shows or whatever, you're like, you cannot help but think of you know COVID and whatever, of course. But like this 1970s movie, I was like, oh. Co- Nope. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's nope. uh, that's crazy. Oh, that's weird. I didn't even notice. Maybe because I'm just so like used to yeah. masks. That's crazy. Oh, jeez. I, yeah. I, I think at the time, like you had some image of like in the future, the 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 garbage men are just gonna quit or go on strike. Mm-hmm. So you have to have those for the smell. You never, I think, really <laughs> consider that this was going to actually kill you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a, yeah, I think it was a smell or just whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe they were being smart enough, you know, like the Who 1918. There were, there were masks back then. That's true. true. Uh, this is where that old lady's like, they only gave me a quarter kilo. They only gave me a quarter. Ki-. And then, you know, much like American policing today, these dudes immediately start roughing her up. Mm-hmm. And they, I, he, the guy has to, he's like, I got to get the announcement. We ran out of soil and uh, not enough people died yesterday, I guess, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's just the dude, he's like, today is Tuesday. Yeah. And then, like, it's just this total market because the Soylent Green ran out or whatever. And this is where you see, uh, again, another wild fucking piece of uh, imagery here, man. But, like, these garbage trucks with the plows. The scoops. Picking these people up and these people it catchers rolls. and dumping them. Oh my! And listen, every single one of these stunt people, awesome stuff here. These yes. guys, you know, wait until they're getting to the tippy top of this thing and then jumping off and falling off. And folks Practical at home, shit, man, that is the poster of the movie because that is how that's a yep. great stunt and it's a great image because it's it's pretty wild to actually film this. The, and, the trucks look a little bit more imposing in the poster. <laughs> sure. Kind of, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They're painted red on the poster. A little bit Playmobil on yeah. there, yeah. And the guy, the what do you call it there, the assassin from the beginning has now been obviously uh, charted to kill uh, Heston. He, he tries, right. and he starts taking shots, and he, like, kills a couple of ac- people accidentally, and you know they're like, oh, God, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, you shot yep. me that. Thank Some you so much. Some woman Bye. gets shot in the head, which is it's a great, great visual. Mm-hmm. It is a what? Because it's like this woman is standing right in front of Charlton Heston, and like, yeah, Mister Assassin dude here fires this gun, and like, this lady's fucking head explodes, and I was like, holy shit! Like, because she gets yeah. shot like right in the temple, and I was like, I was not prepared for this movie to have that kind of violence in yes. it. Yes, I guess because it is so just like slow paced and whatever yeah. that I was like, man, her fucking well, head blew right. The off. best kills coming up, man. It's a good one. <laughs> This oh, this man. guy because like has to, he shoots Heston in the leg, which yes. hobbles him, and you're like, uh oh, here it comes. Is this the end of Charlton Heston? <laughs> oh no, it's not. One of those fucking plows just like lands on this dude. It's, it's incredible. We get a little it's pool so of blood. Uh, so yep. he's done. Oh my god, I really do, really do love it. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful work for everybody. Um, but that's what's oh oh then doesn't he go back to Chuck Connor's apartment he, right here? He, he goes back and visits his furniture, uh, this, the furniture lady, and she mentions how she, he can't see the police doctor because it might relieve him of duty. And there's twenty oh, yep. million people want my job. <laughs> that's what I say every day, man. <laughs> Fucking try it, dude. Try yeah. and do this shit. Yeah. Why don't you do it on your <laughs> podcast? Huh? But. <laughs> 
but probably in the most unfortunate scene, he does go back to Chuck Connor's apartment and starts roughing him up and roughing his girlfriend up. And that, yeah, that's not, that's so not fa- great. No, it's not fantastic. It's not great. But dude, he is manhandling Chuck Connors mm-hmm. in this yes. scene. And it's kind of awesome. And he's basically going there to like, tell him like to stop following him, get the tail, like go fuck off or whatever. And he's just like, Get off my back. <laughs> it's also good. Which is, I think, also what he yelled at Michael Moore 40 years later. <laughs> and then he also said what he said to Michael Moore was like, and if I see so much as a shadow, I'm going to come here and kill you both, which is really, <laughs> really something. Yes, that's a great line, actually. I, I was impressed with that delivery because that's it's kind of funny. I guess what ultimately doesn't work for me is like laid back mellow yes, Heston, yeah. because he fucking freaks out in this scene. Yes. And I was like, yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> I mean, don't hit that woman, but do the rest of it. Oh, he'll do that for free. (laughs) I don't think that that wasn't even in the script. My special guest this week on Lady Slap (laughs) is my good friend, Charlton Heston. He's wearing a a furry costume, so you can't see who it really is. But uh, rest assured, it's him underneath the costume. (laughs) Well, what a great inverse from Planet of the Apes. Uh, so, so this is a cool scene, and I kind of wanted a little more of this, actually. Saul going to this, like, book depository yeah. and talking with this, like, group of research oh, nerds. Oh, yeah, like this council of elders, like the last yeah. people that know what books are. This is what's happening in this. your public library right now. Like, honestly, if you go in the back <laughs> room of your, your local public library, you'll see six old British people just yucking it mm-hmm. up. Do go to your library tonight and ask those 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 old British people in your library because they're going to be there, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to be British about you know the cannibalism going on in society today. Yeah, which Soylent do they like? Do they like the the shake? Do they like that? Or do, what's what's their deal? Like, I, I yeah, I do think it's almost every community event is essentially something like this that you see at the library, and then. But honestly, this is kind of what I like. This is like one of my favorite scenes because, yeah. like, this is almost like Brazil-like, like yes. that you have yep. the one, like the one little fucking room where you can still like know things yeah, in I the mean, entire world. Uh, good call on Brazil. Steve. Yeah, there's there's some yeah. similarities here. Steve, you know what it reminded me of though? What's that? The Scooby Gang just doing some research on oh, Buffy yeah, in, the, in the library. <laughs> get Giles in there, an older Giles, a much older Giles, I guess. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so basically, like he goes there with these two uh, Soylent oceanographic reports that Heston gave him, and asks these people to like read it and, and figure out like you know what the information means or whatever. And I just love that like they cut back to Edward G. Robinson, and like it's this fascinating thing where the, the woman, like the leader of this group or whatever, starts talking, and then is it a music swell or there's noise or something, and. It blocks out the audio and you can't hear what she's telling him. And Edward G. Robinson like comes out the other side of that audio break and he's just like, it's horrible. Like he gives such a great reaction here. What a cool, this is a good filmmaking piece of the movie, like using the audio in that way and so on. Because it's a good way to be coy. Like you're, you are being coy, but you want this character to know. So how do you do that? You do it that way. It's, 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 and he, he gives a great performance in this movie all, all around. Yeah, and, and then yeah. I don't. I mean, like this again. This would not be my last straw. Where he's like, "That's it, suicide time." I would have been much earlier than this. Mm-hmm. So oh, much sure. 
Oh, sure. He writes uh, He writes a note to him, uh, I, I'm going home, which he knows what that means. Right. And I'm going home, see. I think with the, uh, well, in the Council of Elders or something, like when he finds out the truth or whatever, he says, like, like good God. And someone yeah. says, like, well, you know, where would we find what? him? And he and uh, G. Robinson says, like, I imagine he's at home. So, yes. There it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that would be, like, why it doesn't make sense to me is like you hear you figure out you hear for the first time what's happening here what's what's happening to people who die in this world and you're like well i gotta get on on that <laughs> yes <exactly>. so, <laughs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna go directly yeah. from here to the suicide factory <laughs> and i'm going to watch a nature footage until i pass away hey, and uh, eaten. nabisco can you turn me into like a cracker or something <laughs> a nilla oh, wafer see so that's interesting right like if you you find out what's going on, and then you're like, nobody's making a meal out of me, see? <laughs> right? So then I think your choices are like, because uh, the ocean has not yet dried up in this world, so you could go drown yourself out there. Sure, so no one finds you. Self-immolation may be well, also an option here. Awesome. Make sure the corpse is either permanently missing or destroyed so you can't be turned into a no, people food. Here's the thing, Andrew, though. it's That room is air-conditioned, and that... <laughs> You can't, you cannot undersell how yeah. that air conditioning, because he gets, <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? Like, that's all I, yeah. that's what I, I again, so it would have been You're much saying, earlier. Steve, you, you would not want to die with a flop sweat on? No, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, uh-huh. on the back of uh-huh. my neck. No, thank you. Steve would like Dick Van Patten to slowly <laughs> escort him to the suicide room. Absolutely. <laughs> The water- Once August hits, get me that suicide room. <laughs> the ocean makes sense. Like, drowning yourself, that all makes sense. I don't know about self-immolation, though, because we all know there's people out there who really like their Soylent burnt. Mm, that's a good so point. Then you don't know. Oh, I mean, like I'm talking... Yeah. No, like you find a fucking crematorium cabin and really do it. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Okay. Freddy, Far away from other people. I thought you were talking about um a uh, uh, Buddhist monk type. You got to get people to like Freddy Krueger you. You Freddy mm, Krueger me, yes. and then you know you, there's got to be like a buddy system. Crisscross. Oh, we all we both pull a rope at the same time. <laughs> Maybe we just all burn to death in this barn tonight. <laughs> So he goes, I mean, and this is really, it's really, you get there, you sign your thing away. My question is, do you have to pay for this or no? Like, I guess it's free. Oh, it it's, free. no, it's the United States of America, dude. Someone's getting charged for it. <laughs> yeah, what's your, Next of kin. Yeah, yeah, your yeah, insurance yeah. company. Yeah, that's <laughs> goes back. A bill for 600 Ds. Oh, no. That's selfish. That's D's. why he runs to try to save him because he's like, we can't, <laughs> can't afford, afford this. this. <laughs> oh, of, co- of course. I- I'll spring for the classical music, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He went for the full package. <laughs> Wait, the 360 degree monitors. God. <laughs> oh, damn it. Shit. The woodland animals, too. That's so expensive. <laughs> And he gets his orange and he gets his light classical music. It's yeah. honestly, it's it's a beautiful little moment. It is. Like, Let me ask you about the system, though, for a second. Please. Because one of the things that I love is like, I guess the movie, it turns out for me anyway, did a good job of making it feel like disgusting and hot and whatever the whole yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. Because the moment where he approaches the building, uh, which kind of looks like the Barclays Center. Um, a little bit. And he goes, he goes to the front door and the woman opens the door and he feels the air conditioning. It was a cool moment where I was like, ooh, like I kind of feel the air conditioning. <laughs> like, good job with the sound effects and whatever. Right. And, the, and the woman like welcomes him in. Could you kind of game the system, you think? And you're like, 
Like, like sitting there, kind of like you're taking a long time to order a Burger King <laughs> and like just soaking up the AC, he, and then you're like, they, they uh, fine I changed my mind. They, I changed on, my mind. Me. You, tell me on it. Tell me on it. You can do that once, Chris, but then like the next time they're just fucking, they, they're just not letting you in anymore. Hey, hey shifts got to change. <laughs> well, well, here's this. Here's the real risk. You, you, you steal the AC, and then suddenly. You're your persona non grata at the suicide factory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. oh, Hope you shit. like living, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I do not, my friend. So I think it probably, you know what the thing is, is it's probably once you walk in and if you just want the normal experience, it probably is free. But if you go and buy an IMAX ticket like Edward G. Robinson did, <laughs> yes, IMAX then it's going to cost you. And that's going to be a lot of money. And what and is you- this? A rumble seat? What is even that? 4DX, my God. 4DX death. I can smell that bird. And- Dude, you know, speaking of fucking buying a ticket in IMAX, you know, if we had this system, there would be motherfuckers out there selecting fucking Fast Nine to oh, have you know, yep. their death oh, yeah. video. Can we, honestly, can we get like, uh, we're going to do a special screening at the Suicide Factory of the Zack Snyder Justice League right this way. <laughs> right this way. Eric, you would never go to the Suicide Machine because it's assigned seating only. So <laughs> That's true. I want to be uh, want to be killed with a bunch of other weirdos in a general admission setting. <laughs> No, no, this is the only way you can see the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh, no. the only right way. this way, right this way. Oh, excellent Deadpool t-shirt, oh, yeah. right you this way. You can talk way. about the cin- cin- cinematography in the afterlife. You don't have to tweet about it. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, no, but it's, I mean, it's, it's really amazing. I mean, it's great. Uh, you get some Dick Van Patten here for some reason. Uh, what the fuck? How did that come about? Uh, is How it- is Dick Van Patten just in this movie at the end? I think he's just, he was a dude looking for work, man. Yeah, probably. Got a good, he had a good face. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Uh, and it's just you know it's and it's awesome because like it it just these weird people in robes and you you kind of figure it out pretty quickly if you're in the audience what's going on here. Yeah, can I tell you, man? I was a little slow on the uptake. Okay. I really was. I was sitting. I was like, "What are they doing?" And I, I, I thought there was going to be a threesome at first because it was just this <laughs> two like it was a young guy and a young girl like leading yeah. him into this bed, and I'm like, "Where is this going?" Well, because there's a weird thing where like he's got like the glass of booze, and she's standing there, and I was like, "What's happening?" Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you. I think part of it, part of why I was so thrown, was because I was totally shocked uh, after realizing I, you know, I spent my whole life assuming. I would never once see Edward G. Robinson's nipples. Oh yeah, and dude. then, <laughs> and then here we are in Soylent Green. He takes his fucking shirt off, man. This guy's got his old man nipples mm-hmm. out. Like I was truly thrown. It's a sucker punch. There's just no <laughs> other way to put it. It just comes right across your face. Yes, but I do not. I do not want to crack too wise on it because I I was stunned at how beautiful I thought the sequence was. Yes, like sucker punch, I go into a dream world where I imagine his nipples right. <laughs> Before a fucking ice pick goes through my yeah. fucking eye, Edward G. Robinson's in a schoolgirl outfit. With oh blocks. no! I'm fighting robots. See, yeah. <laughs> Do you think it would have been awesome if he's laying on this fucking table, right? And like he just looks up and he takes one breath in and he goes, "Yeah." See, <laughs> and it just checks out. It would be great. Yeah. Uh, now, sir, did you wanted the full pack. 
Do you want the butt stuff package? The non butts, the non butt stuff. That's very well, sir. Very well. You know, it's funny. We didn't plan this, but last month on Patreon, we covered Last Action Hero and Art Carney's last on-screen yeah. performance, and now we have oh, Edward G. Right. Robinson's this month. Uh-huh. Uh, Edward G. Robinson's much more dignified, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which stands to reason. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's just you go and he goes to this room. It's in this white bed. Everybody leaves him alone. This music starts playing, and you just sort of like this beautiful imagery, and it's just kind of like he's just living it, man. Yeah, and and this was uh, this was a moment I thought was so touching and kind of stunned that Charlton Heston agreed yes. to say that he loved another man on camera because like Robinson's checking out, and he's just like you know I love you, boy, or whatever, and Heston says it back, it's and great. it's a beautiful moment. It really and he, is, and he gets there too. He's like crying. He's like I love you. Oh, totally. Charles. Yeah, it's it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the nice. best best scene in the movie probably by, by a million. Yeah, oh, and yeah. what's wild too is like you get the sense that there's during these procedures or whatever like they close that window and like the fact that it like because Heston you know fucking roughs up the attendant there you know and uh, makes him open the window and then like so Saul is saying to him like can you see it can you see what I'm seeing like as you know I'm seeing my last images and he's like oh yes I can see it and it's just like holy fuck dude I'm watching a movie about people tiles (laughs) (laughs) well also that's yeah exactly first of all you said roughed up the attendant no he manhandles Dick Van fucking Patton (laughs) dude he's he's throwing him up against the wall open that window (laughs) you fat fuck I will crack you open like a Cadbury egg. Let me see, my friend. I'm watching the show for free. Also, who the fuck is Princess Vespa? What are you talking about? (laughs) By the way, I just peeped his IMDb, and he was the same year he was in uh, Westworld as as a banker. So he was he was making the rounds in in you know low level Hollywood early seventies. That's pretty. That's how you do it, dude. Listen, you bald weirdo. <laughs> Open that door. <laughs> uh, uh, but so they don't. So they don't really. Maybe they do in the book or whatever. But like, they don't explain what happens to you. No. Well, right. Uh, like he just sort of dies. Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't know if it's a gas or if it was that drink he took or whatever. But right. It seems pretty yeah. nice, honestly. You just yeah. kind of go to sleep. And I, I do mean, love. Yeah. I do love that it's set up perfectly wherein they just roll this dude. They don't have to open a door. There's just a little nope. thing. And it's just like on to the next one, man. I love it. You get pushed under a stage, like extra seating <laughs> that they didn't need, you know? It, they kind of cut it like it's a mouse trap. That, like yep. I kind of I kind of yes. watch the, the, the music from the beginning of uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Like <laughs> as it's like rolling down the different parts to get into the bath of salt or whatever it lands in at the end it would be awesome if they push this fucking bed through that wall and then it like bumps into a thing and tilts and the body shoots out and it's going down like a huge slide system or something and you're playing that music oh it'd be great the gears start going oh yeah that'd be fantastic a a big like cavernous thing like an Adams family like their basement (laughs) that shit (laughs) Uh, it it rules, and then like, I think what and one of the things he says like you have to prove it to them, you have to prove it to them. So he's like, I will, so so he kind of follows, he follows him. Uh, he jumps on this truck. I mean, everyone could see this old fuck jump on this truck, right? Dude, like, what are yeah. we fucking doing here, man? Like, how is the guy in the driving the truck eight feet <laughs> behind this one not like? 
there's some lanky, like six foot old dude just jumped on the top of that garbage truck. Everybody saw that, right? It's like only seven o'clock, really. You know, I I, I like this that whole sequence because it reminded me a little bit of like Indiana Jones when mm-hmm. he's like following that yeah. submarine, and it's just like, well, they should be able to see him, but they don't. It's fine. <laughs> Does anybody else smell that? It smells like rich man's balls. <laughs> Does anybody smell? What was that? Smelled like the balls of Joseph Cotton that we burned <laughs> last week. Definitely cotton balls in the air. <laughs> so he gets in, and this is when he just kind of goes to the factory. And, like, yeah, it's just, like, dead people on uh, on a fucking treadmill until they go into a vat of jelly. A, a real needs more dog kind of a scenario. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Red tick ale yes, or something? <laughs> needs more dead it- people. um and then yeah like him him putting it together is a good little reaction because he goes up to like the next level and you just see a conveyor belt of these green chips and he's like oh fuck one of them's wearing saul's hat he's like oh no (laughs) so when i so when i told my old coach that i'd eat him alive i was being literal (laughs) <laughs> uh, like that's the thing that you don't have here man like i would start throwing up immediately oh yeah like he's just kind of like ew gross and like gets on with it but like you need a moment to be like who have i eaten <laughs> whose soul parents. have i possibly consumed lots of your family By- definitely <laughs> a lot of your family is, yes. is going into your diet yeah now. like were my loved ones fed back to me but You've also your coworkers shitting them out you know like <laughs> but is that a problem maybe that is what we were meant to eat hear me I, out my i, I mean if, if here's the thing if they were killing people on out. purpose yeah right that's not so nice actually just repurposing the dead in this hell world Again, not the top, not my top ten of problems that I would try and solve. I mean, we, we really recycle water. You it's know? True. We. I mean, here's the thing, though. It's nefarious because it's like kept a secret. Do you think you could get a starving, heat-addled public mm. on board with this? I think so. Like, f- look, folks, we got to do what we got to do here. All right. We got to start eating each other. Well, I, I not to make a Bill Maher joke here, but you would at least get the Republicans on. <laughs> Chris Gavin Thanks says, for that Bill Maher warning. Chris Gavin says new rules. Here comes a joke. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, my God. Bill Maher, by the way, I tried to watch one of his club random. Uh, he's got what this, is what? What? It, that's yeah. his new uh, like video podcast. By the way, I, I, I didn't watch it yet, but William Shatner was on it. Who? who was always said he would never do a podcast with a lying sack of shit. <laughs> anyway, it's the video, you have to put the video in it and then he'll do it. And it's they Bill can Maher. See me stupid. Like Bill Maher with like a celebrity in his basement. Uh-huh. It's very pathetic. And with he's, sunglasses on. With, yeah, of course. Time. He has to look like oh, a cool guy. Geez, and he's, he's like making oh, drinks and he's smoking weed all the time. Oh, that's pretty cool. Makes him less funny by the minute i didn't know it was possible but he can't (laughs) even muster a a, a right joke you know anything dude there was uh i think because maybe people were making fun of that someone posted a clip on twitter did you guys see that thing i think it was from bill maher's show that he had on abc way back politically Politically incorrect. incorrect yes uh uh where it's him talking with a bunch of professional wrestlers and Rowdy Roddy Piper fucking takes him to task. Really? Oh man! Holy shit! This. 
it's so awesome because he's like Bill Maher makes some on what crack the deficit about, or <laughs> <laughs> no I, I th- it's a it's a whole panel of wrestlers so it's like it it was a show about wrestling or you know whatever and he makes some crack about like wrestling not being real and he's like where are all your bruises it's fake and Rowdy Roddy Piper it like screams at him and he's like you want to say this is fucking fake. We'll show you all our injuries. How about Owen Hart? You think that's fake? You want to say that? Well, you know, go say that to Mrs. Hart mm. and all this shit. And he pulls his pants down and shows him this huge bruise. Oh, wow. And then Bill Maher like, tries to make a quip, and he's like, oh, yeah, something, something, pulling your pants down in front of a bunch of men. And wow. Rowdy, Rowdy Piper, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper just goes, well, how'd you get this job? <laughs> Dude, what it's awesome. And Maher just shuts the fuck Fuck yeah, up. It's only Incredible. mostly fake, folks. <laughs> uh, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, they, they fight. Uh, oh, no, oh, this is like kind of when this becomes an action movie for a while. Uh, fun fact here, there's no dialogue, not just because they wanted to make it eerie, because the screen, the screenwriter didn't want, had a, a clause where no one could add dialogue to the movie, and he didn't want this to be an action movie, so they were like, well, like, we want it to be an action movie, so we'll just have no dialogue kind of a yeah. thing. That's incredible. Oh, well, that's a huge fuck you to this I mean, guy, I, it might work in its favor, honestly. It yeah. does. I, you I, need I like something it. here. You need something, but this is a little too long without the talking, and yes. it kind of gets a little dull. Yes. Like, it, it, it's fine. I think it is effective enough, but I was like, this is going on a little long. Somebody fucking say something. <laughs> meanwhile, I'm sorry, meanwhile, Cheryl has met her new, whatever, the new tenant in the oh, building, dude. and this is an uncomfortable scene. With this He's uh, coming right out of Eli Roth's hostel. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Thankfully, it's, like it's short. Ball, dude. Yeah, yeah, so he's just, he's like, you know, once a week, we might require some fun. Are you fun? It's like, yeah, oh. me and my friends like to have parties you you're fun right you're fun yeah. it's 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 disturbing for sure it is it's a, and it's supposed to be and it is it's effective and then yeah and she so he calls her i guess to say he he's calling for backup uh heston is but he calls her first and she's like i met the new guy he's he's kind of whatever and he's like and he's like and you know he knows everything's like stay with him stay with him as long as you can you know, yeah, live. Totally. I need you to live. <laughs> I need you also to be living in like this rich guy's place, so you don't have to be eating soy. That's a really good point. BT dubs that that be people. Hey, uh, just before I hang up, could you could you put me on the phone with the shower, please? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say goodbye to the shower. Oh, we I had, love you. We had a wonderful time together. <laughs> you were so hot in the sheets. Well, soap long. <laughs> Goodbye, fuzzy egg chair. <laughs> oh, Mr. Air Conditioner, I'll miss you most of all. <laughs> Stay cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was a joke we had. <laughs> um, but he goes back to the church, and now it's just him and Chuck Connors. This is, it's a cool fight scene thing. It's It works. Yeah. It's a fight in a crowded yes. shelter where everybody is sleeping. And they're yeah, falling on a, people. It's dude, fucking it is crazy. A, it is an interesting setting for a fight, I have to say. Because, yeah, you're not getting, like, pushed over a barrel or a stack of yeah. crates or something. No, no. You're just getting pushed into other people who are sleeping. And one guy's just like, come on. Yeah. Oh, it's happening again. Oh, someone's fighting again. Oh, come on. I have to get up to kill myself at 5 a.m. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's a decent fight. And for the most part, actually, Hessen getting his ass kicked. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chuck Connors is like t- fucking tab- 12 feet tall. 
Yeah, Tab Hunter getting some fucking or uh, uh, Tab whatever his name yeah. is getting some um, some revenge here from the last ass kicking that he he received. And but he, then ooh, dude, getting Heston finds this like dirty knife on the yeah, floor. Yeah, this homeless shelter knife. Him. Yeah, yikes! Oof. Right in the heart. Oh, it's fucking brutal, man. But like. I could not help but notice how dirty that knife was. <laughs> not that it matters. It kind but, of does. <laughs> Wait, let me see if it's strawberry. <laughs> oh, it was not. That's the way. Actually, that's how you would get them back. Finally, is you put all the diseases ever made on one knife mm. and stab somebody with it and then put them in the meat grinder or the salt <laughs> bath or whatever they're doing. And that everybody dies from eating the soylent. <laughs> Got it. Oh, there, yeah, there you yeah. go. It's it's a nice little <laughs> solve there. Um, and you know, before he is murdered, uh, Tab does uh, get a shot off here. He gets Heston right through the fucking back. Oh dude. Yeah. Like the the like side of his back goes right through him. Ooh. Uh, so Heston's kind of like down for the count. Brock Peters gets here with like some other cops, and Heston's pretty much out of it. And this is the you know sort of the famous. Oceans dying, plankton's dying. It's people. <laughs> Soylent Green is made out of people. Oh man! And it, great delivery. It's kind of yeah. a cool abrupt ending too, especially with some yeah. of the more. Uh, it's not. I mean, this movie isn't arguing for socialism. It kind of, sort of, maybe is, but not really. But the a big red hand at the end, guys. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, rise up, baby. Mm. Absolutely. We've got to stop them somehow. Next thing, they'll be breeding us for cattle. <laughs> all cattle! I can, all I can say is, thank goodness we didn't have that socialized medicine, or else it would have been <laughs> real bad. <laughs> I mean, it, it it is that sort of awesome, you know, cynical 1970s ending yes. too because like brock peters is basically like yeah yeah man sure mm-hmm. soylent green is be- got it whatever you say detective well, whack job well yeah you don't get a like we must do it for the f- for our future sons and future furniture <laughs> we must. yeah I mean, that's what's crazy is like no one in the shelter gives a shit. Like nothing is going to come from this. You know what I mean? Like this, you know, Soylent is not being taken down. Like it will just continue, man. It will just continue. Right. As as Steve mentioned in Soylent Green 2. (laughs) (laughs) Electric Boogaloo. They said they'd change the recipe, but they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) It is sort of a great little bit of trolling here at the end of the movie. Like when the credits start rolling. You just see the footage from the suicide video again. Oh, yeah. And it's just kind of like the movie being like, you should just kill yourself. Like, <laughs> like this world is fucking doomed. So here's your suicide video. Dick it's Van wild. Pat- Dick Van Patten's been watching you this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but that is literally the end of Soylent Green because it's from the 1970s and movies knew how to get the fuck out when they were over with back then. Uh, we'll go around the horn here. Heston heads, uh, Steve Sadak, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a recommend for sure. Um, it's, you know, it, I think there's a couple movies on specifically this month that like aren't exactly WHM, like are just like, they're like good enough movies that just have something missing from being like a WLM. And I think that's where this sort of is, you know what I mean? And like, there's a lot in this one specifically, there's a lot missing. Uh, but I think Heston is engaging here it's a pretty cool concept it's it's incredibly prescient it's it's a good watch honestly so it's a recommend for me eric Siska recommend from me as well they 
I mean, it's not that far off, folks. They almost got 2022, <laughs> right? Um, it's a, it's, it's, I just love these like janky 70s sci fi movies, and I do like the cynical nature of them. So, you know, obviously it's not quite all together, but it's still a pretty good watch. So I'd say check it out. Oh, yeah. Chris Cabin. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd recommend it. Uh, I, I, it is, I think it's more plot and premise. Uh, than it needs to be. I think you could get a few nighttime shots of Charles and Heston just wandering alone in these streets and get a lot of what you want, what's missing from this movie, which is like a sense of atmosphere. Uh, right. And of course, you know, right, the writing can't be as ambitious because money, money, you know, hand thing means money. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think this is pretty uh, convincing. I think Edward G. Robinson sells a lot of this. And if you didn't have a guy like him in that role, might not work the same. Uh, but, and again, as we are saying, there is a magnetism to Heston, uh, if not exactly a, 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 convic- a, a convincing dramatic, uh, uh, spirit there, there is presence there <laughs> and he's fun to watch. So, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to cover any new territory here. It's, it's a recommend for me also. I think it's a thing like if you haven't seen this movie, but you're totally aware of, you know, the twist of it all, like it makes for it to be like kind of a sluggish watch because it really doesn't ramp up until those last, you know, 30 ish minutes or so. So like you spend an hour, like, where is this movie going? And, you know, like I said, Heston, I guess I just kind of don't get it, but he's like laid back here. I don't know. The, the, the seller of it all for me is fucking Edward G Robinson, man. I, I was totally floored by him. And, you know, if you're unfamiliar with this shit, you know, Double Indemnity, Key Largo, The Stranger. He is also in Ten Commandments for a hot yeah, second. Yeah, see like, it, see, see those movies. Yeah, totally. See, see <laughs> them. Yeah. yeah. See the whole em. town's talking. There's two of them. Yeah. Oh, they, right. So you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a recommend. You could do much worse. Uh, so that's gonna do it for our discussion on Richard Fleischer's Soylent Green, folks. Uh, if you want more We Hate Movies, check out whmpodcast.com or, of course, head over to patreon.com slash we hate movies. We got a lot of bonus content up there this month, uh, including a We Love Movies on uh, Collateral. Which, which month is this in? Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> Collateral. Michael Mann's Collateral, of course. That Great was a, a good ass episode. Uh, what do we got on the AD, Steve? Uh, we will have an episode of Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Ooh. To coincide with that John Mulaney movie that's coming out. <laughs> Is that a movie or a TV show? I think it's a movie. That's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Eric, what's going on over on the Gleep Glossary? Gleep Glossary might be a short episode, might be a climatic episode. Uh, does, no, that, is that a word? Yeah. Anyway, climatic. You want. Climatic, yeah. yeah, it's when you put uh, beer and clam juice together, <laughs> which is sort of how you make George Binks, the father of Jar Jar Binks, who has an explosive ending. Oh, it might be I... a very short episode, but hey, that's the Gleep Glossary for you. We talk about Star Wars characters, and we will be talking about George Binks, the father of Jar Jar. Oh, Georgie. And, of course, new episodes of The Nexus and Melro 2.0 uh, as well this month. Now, uh, uh, on this very feed, Steve, the show will continue next week, next Tuesday. What uh, what do we got coming up? You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking a lot about Prodigy, and that makes sense because t- next week, it's Firestarter. It's the Firestarter. <laughs> <laughs> the 1984 Ooh. movie, and there, yes. I understand there's a remake coming out, right? Ooh, yeah, Efron, yeah. Yeah. Zach Efron starring one. The Everybody yeah. Past remake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'm going to give it a shot, man, because I will say uh, I like Zac Efron. There you go. But I think he has a lot of charisma. I like that guy he played in that one movie. There you go. (laughs) But this is Firestarter. This is Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore and Tangerine Dream, baby. Oh, I was talking about the serial killer. Oh, (laughs) Oh. that's who I like. What's Bundy? Uh, (laughs) Good guy. Uh, Oh, Ted Ted Word. Good guy. Good guy. Uh, I have not seen this movie. It's a fun one. It's a cool. Is this? It's a Stephen King. It thing, is. Yeah? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, very cool. It's a. It's been a while since we've been to Kingtown, so this is going to be a lot of fun. So next week we return to probably somewhere in Maine. Uh, until then, I'm Andrew Jupiter, Stephen Sadak, Eric Siska, Chris Cabin. Take it easy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.